You are about to opt in to Monerotopia, a show for the Monero community where all are welcome to join. From noob to maxi, no matter what bags you hold. Just sit back and relax to the sweet sounds of Monero's latest progress. Or if you're feeling inspired, join us on stage. Remember, the only thing that can stop Monero is a false belief that it can be stopped. And if you want to win the revolution faster, we recommend you remove your XMR from all custodial exchanges immediately. Warning, boating accidents are common around here. Don't forget to properly secure your private keys. Monerotopia starts now. Alrighty. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How you guys doing? It's been an interesting week, I'd say. Eventful. A little bit. Mildly. In terms terms of uh terms of price how you guys yeah. how you guys holding on how you doing how you how you weathering the storm i mean i'd say i can't complain at, at the moment um i mean i can complain a little bit because my bags are down overall but it was a nice opportunity to top up my xmr bags after spending a good bit the past couple months yeah i the only reason i didn't do that is just because i had no real quick way of doing it um hmm. no quick way of going from cash into monero but I'd say my my bags are pretty good. I mean, these you know I just I just acquire through through uh, the work I do, right? So that's, that's kind of been my my means of obtaining more Monero, just getting getting paid in Monero for the things we do. And I got I a, kind of, I'm like what pretty uh, happy because I um I managed to time it like really well. I did a, a little bit of charting. I'm not nearly as financially inclined as Body is, but I managed to snag some XMR at exactly 100 USD. And oh, then subsequently nice. that afternoon, I uh, it in a boating accident, uh, deep sea fishing expedition with my uncle Nicholas. So unfortunately, it's gone <laughs> now. But for that very moment, I was very happy. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> ha- happens to all of us. Really, it's I don't I don't know why we can't avoid these boating accidents. For whatever um, reason, Monero people are just not known for their nautical skills. But yeah, I've I've, I've I've personally really moved away from you know I, I never trade. I haven't trade it i never i never trade and now i never really um go out of my way to acquire because i just end up acquiring through my businesses and i just need to kind of keep keep cash on hand for keeping for being able to run the businesses when i need when i need to put money into it so i end up kind of uh going about it that way so i'm never really finding myself in a situation where i'm buying monero What's that? Honestly, that's the best way, though, since you're just accumulating. You're like part of the the actual circular economy of not just like buying and selling stuff, but then you're like working for Monero, you know? Right, exactly. I've I've arrived to the point where it's like I'm kind of at an equilibrium where I it never makes sense for me to move fiat into Monero because it's like that's the little bit of fiat I need in case of you know the instance yeah. where I need fiat. So I'm I'm kind of at a good equilibrium there in terms of fiat coming in and then going you know monero coming in he said that's my personal personal experience so like the price yeah it just doesn't doesn't really uh doesn't really affect me at the at this point i mean obviously it'd be nice to to move out and move back in but i'm just not playing that game because did you ever settle yeah. on a solution for um because you were talking about your businesses occasionally you need to get uh you need to get cash for operating mm-hmm. costs for your businesses did you ever settle on a solution for that no, I mean it's just the cash that I have coming in outside of my Monero world, right? Through in my fiat life, I just use that to maintain maintain my my needs. So luckily, I've I've 
been able to do that. Um, you know, I'm sure there will be a point where I'm going to need to like sell Monero to get, to get fiat at times. And just, I'm just hoping I don't get screwed in those moments, but yeah, no, I haven't really figured that out. I mean, trading's not for everyone. It's very, uh, you gotta be like, most people aren't like smart, like body is with the, you know, charting and stuff. So yeah, it's, it's like stressful. And if you don't know what you're doing, then you can just like end up screwing yourself over. Yeah. Like with the, with the Noto, cause the Noto is a big project, right? We have I've, like, I have a lot of expenses, a lot of, a lot of money I laid out for that. And I laid, I tried as much as I could to make payments in Monero. Some of the development was paid for in Monero, but some of the things we, we just don't have a way of, uh, you know, using Monero for it. So I've been, we've been getting paid in Monero for people that are buying the Noto. All, it, it's only available for Monero. So that, that nest egg, all those payments are sitting there in Monero. So that's, that's a little stressful to watch the USD price of that fluctuate mm-hmm. because that's, you know, uh, if I, if I need, if I need a large, you know, a large amount to kind of pay off a bill and it's at a time when Monero's down, I could, I could get hurt with that. So I'm just hoping that I have enough personal fiat at hand at that point to, to cover my costs that way. And then wait for Monero price to go back up. But yeah, yeah. tis the life. Tis the life of a Monero user, right? Until, so until, never, we, until we f- go ahead. You never like you never hedged or anything. You never sold some of those into like even just a placeholder like USDC or something like that. No, I didn't. For all the yeah, I've never really done that with any anything. When we run our conferences, we take it in in Monero. Uh, we make payments out with Monero, and we never we never hedge. We just hold everything in Monero. S- somebody's got to be the ballast of the ship. I mean, come on, somebody, somebody's got to be, you know. Well, one thing's certain, Doug was responsible for zero of the selling volume from Tuesday onwards. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, but my my only selling is when I'm using it to buy stuff or make payments, right? I'm, I'm never I'm never selling Monero or trading Monero on, on a marketplace. And I do, you know, I think we need to get we need to get there. Obviously, uh, I'm a Monero extremist, but. Um, this idea of Monero is only a tool for purposes of digital cash and like you hold your your value in something else and then you go and use Monero and then go back. I think eventually, eventually we, need, we need to and, and I, it naturally will happen where people just start treating it more as a store of wealth as well. I personally think that's what is going will happen and what needs to happen for the entire ecosystem to grow, much like we saw with Bitcoin. I mean, obviously, Bitcoin went the extreme route where it's only about storing your value and not using it. But I, I do think um, we, we need both, right? It can't just be like this this tool that you temporarily use and then you go back um, because it, it, just, it just then begins to lose its utility for uh you know because it just becomes less liquid right yep Um, yeah i mean in my mind monero is the store of value that's like when i spend stuff anytime i spend something and someone needs to accept a payment and could be tether could be bitcoin could be ethereum usdc whatever like i move that from monero into whatever the thing that i need but i have a big stash of monero that's my store of value it just sits there and then i use it i spend it for stuff that i need for private transactions um, and then I top it back up when it seems like there's ideal moments to do so. I um, you I don't I don't agree with chain hopping. Like you, you shouldn't take the thing that you want to make private, go into Monero, hang out there for a few hours or even a few days, and then chain hop out of it. Um, that's like that's a bad usage of Monero, and you're really just asking to pwn your own privacy at some point. Especially because 
chain hopping like that often requires you to go through either an exchange or a centralized provider. Um, and even if you're doing something like BISC, um, there's, there's a reasonable possibility that some of that liquidity on these decentralized exchanges could be provided by people who are doing chain analysis. I'm not saying that like necessarily we have any evidence for that, but I mean, if I'm chain analysis and I'm trying to get better visibility into the Monero chain, um, yeah, I might, I might try it. And especially if I'm trying to get visibility into particular people that might be, you know, have done some bad things, I might be offering some kind of liquidity um, on decentralized exchanges to try and, and gain some insight there. Um, so yeah, like short-term chain hopping is not your strongest method of maintaining your privacy. It seems to me that like, even if you're a DJ and trader like myself, like I don't use Monero for trading. I use it for private digital cash. Um, and then I roll DJ and gains, you know, into Monero periodically. So to me, Monero is the store of value. Bitcoin isn't a store of value. It's a number go up token. That's what it is. Um, yeah. And that's what they told us for years. So like, that's what I'm going to use it and other coins for. I'm going to use that shit for number go up and I'm going to use Monero for value storage. In many such cases of people taking exact amounts of Bitcoin, putting it into Monero, then taking it out and getting pwned because it's, it's you know, you can't just. Wow, we're you know, at uh we're at 70, 70 live viewers right now. So uh, really? I've noticed that. I'm sure you guys noticed, right? There's been an uptick in in interest in Monero this week as it got delisted. Um, yeah, trending, people want to hear it. They trending get on some social media. Counseling. Yeah, they want to get some counseling. Uh, so 70 people. Yeah, guys. Like. Smash the like, like and share. Uh, now, now's the time. Let's let's try to um, let's try to grow the user base here. Get the word out. Let people know that there's a safe place for you Monero users. Those of you that are licking your wounds this week, you come here. It's a, it's a safe place. Um, spread the word. Spread the word. That that is interesting to see, right? It's kind of like the Streisand effect taking effect. Uh, I'm seeing a lot a lot of people, right? People. Uh, on social media that normally don't talk about Monero, talking about Monero. So yes, while we saw a very real crash in the value of Monero versus fiat, I think we saw an uptick in terms of uh, you know genuine interest in the project. I, I mean, Binance guys... just did us a favor. They just said, "Hey, Monero is the real deal." Like it just gave us instant street cred with a lot of people. Like what happens? Binance gets taken over by the U.S. and then they delist Monero. There was like three other coins they delisted, but no one's ever heard of them. Like, I guarantee if I read these coins out, like maybe one person on the entire stream would have heard of any of these coins. Like the story was Monero. So thanks, yeah, Binance. It, thanks. Thanks, you, you scumbags. Yeah. And, and you can only do the attack so many times, right? Like you, you can only delist once. So once all the delistings are done, it's like blue sky, clear skies ahead, right? At that point, it's just Monero is what it is. It's, it's value is uh, actually... You know, would I mean, it, Monero, if not already, Monero will be, I think, the most accurately valued cryptocurrency project in terms of the utility it actually provides. Um, cause it's just going to be speculation is, is, is really not going to be a, as present as on, on most other coins. I don't know, Bonnie, yeah. if you see things that way. Bitcoin, like its own liquidity is going to continue to get worse as people are less able to move funds quickly around due to the fees skyrocketing when it becomes a purely fee market. So I, you know, Monero is like by default already like a more liquid currency than Bitcoin because the fees are so cheap. You can move stuff around quicker and cheaper than you can with Bitcoin. So, yeah, that's interesting, especially for smaller amounts. It's, it's definitely has more liquidity there. I really want to see what happens when when Binance like actually finishes the delisting. So they announced it on Tuesday, but um, I believe it's the twentieth that they're supposed to shut down all trading pairs. Yeah, so like a week and a half. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like I want to see what price does after that moment happens. Um, and I want to see if they like they've actually had their withdrawals open. So one thing I think that happened here, they shut down withdrawals pretty much immediately for about 24 hours, maybe like 36 hours, and then they reopened them. I think what they were trying to do there, so they diverged their prices down. We'll take a look at the at the charts in a minute. Um, but they diverged their prices down, I think only like 2%, maybe 3%, and, and shut down withdrawals. So I think what they were trying to do is convince people that were still on Binance to take a haircut, like a 3% haircut, and to sell their Monero positions and get into anything. Um, mm-hmm. Probably they were playing a little game of chicken there because if they diverge it down too much, people are going to be like, no, fuck you, I'll just take the Monero. Um, so they needed to do it just enough to make people scared to voluntarily, quote unquote, um, leave their their Monero behind on Binance for some other token. And I think that's probably a way that they were trying to manage um, their fractional reserve and and not having to pay out as much at the end of it. It's like comic book supervillain evil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's par for the course for Binance. I don't think their new management is any different than their old management, except for yeah, maybe so, they're a little bit more government friendly. So, buddy, are you saying so? At some point, they they shut down the ability to withdraw Monero during the fiasco immediately, like almost yeah. immediately. When they so it was seven a.m. UTC on Tuesday morning, February sixth. They, in fact, actually, let's um, if you'll have my charts. We can just go to the charts if you want. Yeah, let me uh, let me run the price report segment real quick. The Monerotopia price report segment is sponsored by Local Monero. Avoid using KYC exchanges. Buy and sell Monero directly for fiat, peer to peer. Just before okay, before so you get going, before you go, I'm just want to say I'm seeing like we were at over seventy, we're at like seventy five people and just tons of comments today. This this is uh, things things are alive and well here in Monerotopia land, guys. So this this is this is a good sign, good sign. It's all it's all working as planned. The the Streisand effect is taking effect, I'd say. But go ahead, body. Take take it away. Cool. Well, thanks for mentioning the YouTube comments. I put my YouTube here up on my top screen, so hopefully I can. If you guys have questions, shout them out. Um, you know, hopefully I can get to them here. Um, okay. So yeah, starting with uh, starting with Monero USD, this uh, this dotted line right here, that vertical line, that was the moment that Binance published that they were going to delist Monero. That was 7 a.m. UTC. Um, so uh, let's see. I think that's two two a.m. Um, Eastern time, and we're looking at the two-minute chart. Um, I had a, I had like a five-second chart. Let me find my five-second chart if I can. All right, I guess I can't find it. Um, let me just. I was just looking at it too. I must, I must have had it on a different screen, but I don't want to search for it. Here's the five-second chart. We will Alt G to February sixth at seven a.m. Okay. So obviously this, um, where the drop started. Let's see. That's ten seconds. All right. We'll just drop a little vertical line there. So one thing that you're going to see here is that within the first like twenty seconds. Monero on Kraken was down 5% already or almost 5% within 20 seconds. So like, obviously people knew about this, obviously, um, you know, there were some kind of insiders that knew about this and then they immediately started selling. Now, is it possible and even likely that you have AI bots scraping sites like Binance and, um, and other websites looking for key information, delistings, coin listings, stuff like that, and then taking positions on that? Sure, sure, probably. But I want to know where exactly are they taking those positions on Monero? Um, it's I think Agoradesk offers uh, offers leverage, and then Kraken I believe also offers leverage. So there's really no other place for them to do that. So okay, was this was this AI bots that detected you know a, a Monero news story and said, oh okay, they're delisting Monero from Binance. This is a key story we've been waiting for, um, or was it the inside cabal that knew this was going to happen and then immediately started selling you know within seconds of publishing? Probably a little bit of both. Um, 
it's it's hard for me to believe that uh, that these guys wouldn't have used that knowledge to their benefit. So, um, yeah, I thought that was interesting. If we go down to um, to the one minute chart, man, we already lost it. Uh, let's go to the other one. My charts have been been slow today. Like like they're I'll tell it to maximize or to minimize, and it'll take a second. And then plus we're also on the stream, so that's going to induce some delay. So please be patient if the charts are being weird. Uh, okay, but anyways, in the first two minutes of delisting, we were already down eight and a half percent. Actually, including the WIC, that'd be about nine percent. So um, yeah, I mean, very very interesting. Um, when uh, you know, when I got wind of the news, I said, "All right, this is this is the opportunity to buy some Monero." Um, and uh, kind of canceled all my plans that day, and and just said, "Okay, I'm gonna stare at the charts here and try and find." the amazing, most ideal opportune entry into, uh, you know, to get some Monero, mostly just for fun. I haven't traded one minute charts or anything like that for a long time. Um, as Tuck said, it's like, it's very, um, it's nerve wracking. It's time consuming. Um, it's, I'd really rather be doing other things with my time. Um, which is one, another reason kind of that I've moved towards a little bit more towards long-term trading, um, as opposed to trying to like do all the short-term stuff. But I thought, Hey, you know, here's an opportunity. This could be interesting. Let's see if I can, um, you know, let's see if I can get a good entry price. And what's funny is that um, $100 was the entry price. And it's like, that's kind of, we're looking at the the midwit, uh, we're looking at the IQ curve meme here, right? Where, you know, the the low low intelligence guy is like, uh, oh, $100, that's, that's 100, it's even, it has, it has two zeros, right? And then, and then like at the high end, you're like, well, $100 is like a very um, natural point. Plus there's a whole bunch of other confluence points there. Um, so before we really take a look at the one minute charts, let's, um, Let's zoom out here really quick so that we can see a little bit better uh, what's going on with the price just to get our bearings. So you'll notice here um, at the bottom, I've got this kind of trend line drawn. I've had, um, or sorry, not trend line. We've had uh, the moving average, right? So this white line here that I just selected, that's that's if you take the close price of every single candle for the entire history of the XMR USD price on Kraken, and that's the moving average of the entire chart, right? That's not the 100 day. It's not the 1,000 day. It's like literally however many days Monero has been trading on Kraken, which I guess I could, looks like looks like about 3,555 days um, Monero has been trading on Kraken. So um, give or take a few, that's that'll, that'll be like slightly off. But anyways, um, yeah, so that's like, that's the long, like the full moving average, like the lifetime moving average of, of Monero price. And you'll notice it sits right here at $101, right? So that was kind of nice. Um, we also had this kind of trend line here that had been drawn for quite a while um, from the top. So that was another good little confluence there, right at $99. Uh, and then $100, you know, just being a nice round number said, okay, that's like, that's a very prominent place to be looking for, um, for a bottom to be happening uh, on the US dollar price. The other thing too, that's, um, and it's a minor point, but these, um, these red lines down here, these are, they're not standard deviations, but they're derivations of standard deviations. Um, these red lines are often like good places for swing price action to happen, um, especially when you come at it from the top side. So um, I was looking at that as like the very first place that price might hit. And then kind of these lower lines down here um, between 83 and 72. But I, I didn't really think that we would get that low. It, it seemed it seemed like too much panic. And I just know there's too many people that like to buy the dip like that. So um, yeah, $100 was like kind of always a, a very prominent spot in my mind um, to be looking at. and. Um, but you don't want to like you. You want to corroborate as many things as you can and say, okay, does does the full picture tell the same story? So the other thing I was doing was looking at um, XMR BTC and XMR versus ETH, and um, yeah, this was a really interesting chart as well because as we hit hundred dollars, we also touched this um, this lower standard standard deviation line. So uh, again, um, standard deviation. This this um, solid orange line right here being the lower standard deviation for every single candle of this chart. 
Um, pro tip for you guys out there that want the full chart history, you can't look up XMR ETH. Like if you type in Binance colon XMR ETH, or you just type in XMR, XMR ETH, you're not going to get the full price history because Binance, Crack, and these other exchanges, they weren't trading the XMR ETH pair back in those days. So if you want to understand the full history of the relative price between two assets, um, especially crypto assets, what you need to do is type in the exchange that you want to use and the US dollar price, and then the same exchange, and then the other price, right? The Ethereum US dollar price. Because there's two full chart histories for these things right here. So you can divide a longer history of those two relative valuations to each other, even though the pair didn't exist at the time. So um, that's probably that's probably like a non-nefarious reason why Bitcoin maximalists always post the wrong fucking chart for XMR BTC, because they're just looking at how long that trading pair has existed and not how long both assets have existed. So Anyways, um, yeah, this lower standard deviation here for the lifetime of um, this particular chart, or at least this particular data, um, when we tagged that, that was another like good corroborating signal, um, and it happened right around $100 as well. Um, so yeah, let's go back to um, to the shorter time frames. And um, that, by the way, <laughs> this is not necessarily recommended, right? I'm not necess- I'm not trying to like encourage you guys to trade on the short time frames. This is just the kind of shit I'm looking at, especially when um, like a violent event happens like this. So um, uh, anyways. Um, let's take a look at the volume now. So that was another thing that I wanted to see corroborated. This moment right here with this white dotted line, um, right there is when the, again, that's 7 a.m. Um, UTC. And so that's when the volume shot up because selling was happening. So um, uh, let's see. I think I just caught wind of uh, Anon Mon. We'll, we'll talk about price astrology, bro. You don't understand statistics and you really need to understand statistics because I can prove to you that this shit works. So anyways, we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Um, so anyways, uh, the white <laughs> well, I, I just want to say we're, we're up to like 80 live viewers. I think we're, we're breaking records here, guys. Uh, like and share. Let's see if we can hit 100, 100 live viewers. Go ahead, man. Nice. So this uh, this white line right here, that's the moving average. That's a 20-period moving average of the two-minute candles on volume. And again, we're looking at Kraken. So one thing I wanted to see was um, originally I was telling myself I want to see volume kind of drop off as we go into the bottom. Um, but instead, what we saw was volume kind of pumped up. And that happened simultaneously with hitting these statistical levels. And I said, okay. Um, we like, you know, we basically saw volume kind of flat here, peaking out flat. And then it jumped up here. I said, okay, that's probably like the final, that's likely a final sell volume area. And again, that happened concurrently as we, uh, as we hit a hundred dollars. So I said, that was kind of when I smashed the smell, uh, the sell, the, the buy button. Um, I guess I was doing that with, with tucks here, both of us doing it at the same time. But yeah, I mean, I caught a pretty good entry, right? I caught, I caught an entry right in this area, um, which was, which was pretty sweet. Um, so that doesn't always happen. You don't always nail it like that, but, um, there was just so many confluence points. It was just, it was really easy to smash the buy button there at a hundred. And if for no other reason, it's a hundred dollars, it's a hundred dollars and it's the moving average for the lifetime of the chart. Cool. Yeah. So that was um, me. I was the Durher a hundred dollars just because it's, it's cool. Uh, bro, I honestly thought it was going to go lower bottom. though. Um, because it seemed like it was hitting the price. Like I was like a hundred might be a price floor. It was hitting so quickly. I was just watching it happen. It was hitting that so quickly. And then it even went under just a little bit a couple times, but it ended up being a price floor. So it didn't really go lower than that. Yeah, you can even see in like the wick action here, the way this um like wick down, wick down, wick down, wick down, and wick down. Like that's that's kind of a very common bottoming pattern I've seen. And I've seen it on long term charts as well. I've seen that happen on hour charts, on day charts. Um, but yeah, uh I, I guess we made the bottom, bro. You and me, probably, probably just us alone. I'm pretty sure. No, I'm kidding. I don't have yeah, that liquidity. But honestly, like, oh, the other thing I was looking at too is the um, was the order book. Um, so we've seen some price, some down price action um, today. 
uh, as of like the past 12 hours. But the order book right now is, um, is sitting fat towards the buy side. Um, that doesn't mean price can't go down. You could have like big liquidity sellers. Or you could have um, like psychology, market psychology, where people are just smashing the sell button into this uh, into this order book. But um, that was kind of another change that happened in real time. The order book went from being heavy on the sell side uh, to being heavy on the buy side right around that $100 point. So um, yeah, all of those things were like useful things to um, to be looking at. Um, oh, here's another one that I was also looking at um, that I thought would be useful. So um, uh, after they, you know, after the selling started happening, predictably, the price on Binance and all of their associated scumbag exchanges was also moving towards the downside. And um, I said to myself, okay, what I want to see is uh, is this turnaround and I want to see them start moving back to the upside, right? And, and it's mostly like, it's not so much that I'm looking at like the fundamental, what's the what's the mechanism behind this? And 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 why is this true? It's more like I want to see a change in the prevailing conditions that we saw on the way down. If we're bottoming, I want to see those conditions change. Um, and so they had already kind of changed, right? We'd already started to see things go towards the upside as we were bottoming here. So right around this area, um, we had already seen uh, the price divergences started starting to move towards the upside. So in other words, Kraken's price was the highest. All of these guys were lower and they had diverged down Binance uh, almost minus 4%. Uh, at one time here. So um, yeah, just seeing all those things together, I said, all right, that's probably, that's probably a good buy point. I don't normally short-term trade, but I had been looking to refill my, um, my spendable Monero bags. So um, that worked out pretty good. Uh, and maybe then the last thing we can look at is these, uh, is these, the Z scores, Z scores. Um, yeah. So basically um, we had been trending up uh, for quite a while on the Z scores and this happens. Um, you can trend up for a very long time on Z scores before the price actually, um, uh, moves back to the upside. And this is basically like RSI, um, except for it's like a statistically more statistically appropriate metric to look at. RSI is like somewhat kind of um, arbitrary, um, although it's sort of, it basically paints a similar picture as Z-scores. I just like Z-scores because it's like a correct statistical metric. Anyways, um, so you'll notice that uh, effectively like things were already moving towards the upside um, on the Z-scores. Basically, we were already trending um, back towards zero. We'd already, the momentum was already shifting um, as we came into that low. So for all of those reasons, I thought, all right, time to buy. Um, I was kind of thinking we might, there was a chance we might come back down one more time. Um, and I kind of had another stack that I was ready to buy with. Um, but I said, well, uh, we never got, we never got back down there. So I sadly didn't buy as much as I really wanted to, but, um, I did buy like at least half of what, um, enough to refill what I, what I'd spent for the past few months, a little more actually. So, um, yeah, that's, um, I thought that, I thought that was all pretty cool. I thought that was fun. Fun little game to play. I mean, even if you um, average like anywhere below 120, that's still pretty good. Yeah, like I mean, even buying here is still is still probably opportunity. Like I said, I really want to see what happens to price after Binance is done, right? After it's off their exchange and after they, uh, you know, they don't have anything else to do with Monero and they can't like fuck with the price that way. Um, I'm curious too what these other exchanges do. I think Qcoin is like the direction they're moving. I, maybe I've got that wrong, but I'm pretty sure like Qcoin has been popping out in my mind um, more consistently. Um, and there's a couple new exchanges on the scene as well. So probably they're just going to, you know, Binance is done. So they're probably just going to rotate this and like their, their schemes, they're probably going to rotate it into other exchanges and something else will, will become the big exchange. There's definitely a demand out there for, um, I don't know, there's a demand for accountless, um, non-KYC exchanges. And because of that demand, um, you know, those guys are going to continue to probably survive and even thrive especially in a bull market when people want to trade shit coins. And, um, and now, they, and a lot of these uh, these non-KYC like instant exchanges, I think we're relying, though, on Binance, right, for their liquidity and 
I mean, I, I don't know. I, I thought I, I thought I heard that, or I could assume that, right? That some of these um, yeah, exchanges actually just kind of live off of Binance. I remember um, even some of the people you've interviewed. Yeah, it definitely seemed like uh, they depend on Binance for that liquidity. So um, I'm pretty curious what happens to the instant swap exchanges. Um, yeah, I, I bet you they they create deals, they find they source liquidity from other exchanges. Um, but hopefully, hopefully we start to see more decentralized exchange um, pick up more local Monero, more Sarai, uh, more atomic swaps. But I guess we'll just have to wait and see, right? So I think someone, let's talk about long-term levels here. Um, right now, let's go to a shorter time frame. Yeah, so right now we're basically below the long-term um, standard deviation, right? Like that right there would be the line. Um, normally on this kind of price action, you would say that getting back up to here and then getting above, above that is going to be difficult. Um, these are statistical levels, and when you have fundamentally large events, they don't necessarily, um, especially the long-term levels, they don't necessarily tell you much um, because fundamental events and market psychology and severe kinds of events can completely overshadow your sort of steady state statistical um, workings. And uh, this is kind of another place where it's like um, the people that that call this chart astrology don't understand like it's a tool. Statistics are a tool. They're a mathematical tool that you can, I mean, <laughs> they're based on. They're based on like a hundred years, more than a hundred years of um, just like understanding how to do this kind of math, right? How to do statistical probabilities, et cetera. But they're not infallible. Like they're not a magic crystal ball that are going to tell you exactly what the price does. They're not going to tell you that that CZ or Binance is about to delist Monero. And like they can't tell you those kinds of things. So they're useful, especially in steady state times um, where things are mostly just chugging along. They give you... Generally, they give you um, psychological levels because humans are pretty good at like intuiting statistics. Um, in fact, they, they they do these experiments where um, they'll play, they'll like put people into like, a little game and they're winning a little bit of money or they're losing a little bit of money. And if they stack the decks slightly in your favor, within like a very short period of time, your brain just quickly understands that it's um, that it's winning and that it has a good chance to win. And like it produces all of those physiological responses. And if you stack the decks slightly against them your brain very quickly intuits that the deck is stacked against you and you start to get all of those kind of nervous ticks going on. So humans have a pretty good intuition for statistics, especially in aggregate. So in an aggregate sense, that's what these lines that we're looking at are. This, is, this isn't astrology. They're just statistical levels. And they kind of give you a picture of what the general market thinks about price and about like when price trends to certain areas, they tell you like, okay, statistically speaking, you're in trend, you're out of trend, you're this far out of trend. Uh, and it gives you an idea of what the market might be thinking, right? So it's it's this is not just like tea leaves astrology. This is helping you to understand what people's psychology is going to be about about an asset. Um, the other thing too is that after having done that Bitcoin regression analysis, both for the top side and the bottom side of price, right? We're talking about the upper boundary and the lower boundary, and maybe a picture's worth a thousand words here. Um, like I can prove to you that this model is better than any other model out there. Uh, let's remove this stuff. Okay. Yeah, I can I can statistically prove to you that this model was derived using proper application of regression analysis methodology, which seeks regression analysis seeks to um, to define a best fit line for a series of points. Right. Say, OK, this line is the line, the mathematical equation that satisfies all of the points on the chart as best as you possibly can. And if you try to produce a different line, you're going to get statistically less valid results. Right. You're going to have a less significant result, um, whether that's your. Um, whether that's your R squared or your adjusted R squared or your um, 
um, your residual standard error, et cetera. These are like very clear mathematical concepts that have been developed for good reason. Um, and Bitcoin has very closely obeyed um, the upper and lower regression analysis. Like I made this, especially the upper regression, I made this in January of 2021. And then we, in April of uh, April of 2021, we came within 1% of touching this line right here. So it's like, this wasn't an accident that, that things happened like that. Like this, this line was modeling the upper, the blue line here is modeling the upper boundary of Bitcoin price. If you had used the same methodology to try and call 2017, the top of that before, like, again, doing the analysis before the top was in, you would have been within 5% of that top. So it's like, this is, this is like, this is not an accident. This is not astrology, right? Like, this is not just random bullshit. Like this is actually modeling something in a way. The, there are real economic reasons why price, I, I'm assuming there are probably very real economic processes and reasons why price on Bitcoin couldn't get any higher. Um, and that's probably all this line is, is sort of modeling. Like, hey, here's, here's that line. Here's the maximum possible fraud price of Bitcoin. Um, and then we've kind of got the lower boundary price as well, right? Um, which is actually a different equation. And that was like the key insight that made this chart viable was to realize that the top equation was different from the bottom equation and then validly filter out the top data in a way that didn't um, distort your lower data. So um, we came within, I believe it was 9%, maybe it was 8% of um, this lower boundary here. It's very possible that um, if we get some kind of washout in the future, we might actually fully touch this lower boundary. So um, Anonman, I really, man, come on to the show, talk to me about this. Maybe I'm like, maybe I misunderstand your position. You're saying that's a straw man. Maybe I don't understand what it is you're saying. I, I hear you say this often that we're doing chart astrology here. Um, Look, man, if nothing else, a lot of people believe it. And so it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, a lot of this TA. Um, so it's useful, but it, you can't just like, you can't just look at tea leaves and be like, okay, I'm going to judge my future on tea leaves. You might draw a couple tarot cards and like, if you're spiritual, but you're not just going to like only live by drawing a tarot card every time you're going to make a decision. Like, it's just one of the things you can look at. So, uh, I mean, I hope that, I hope that makes some kind of sense to at least some people out there. But again, I, um, I encourage you to come on today and, and chat this out with me because, um. Maybe we can come to some kind of accord or agreement, or maybe you can enlighten me. Maybe I'm just totally out to lunch and you can, you can show me why. Tash it out live. Doug can moderate. Word. Yeah. He should just jump up, jump up today. Viewers on stage. By the way, I see yeah. uh, Hunter Housen is asking you for doing a dev, dev segment. Yeah, man, you, you're, you're, you're the one doing it. So uh, <laughs> come on up. <laughs> um, yeah. So we'll be, we'll do dev segment uh, right after this. All right, I'll Go fly ahead, through the the macro here, and then I'll and then I'll you know. Okay, Dixie, Dixie is doing kind of what we thought it would do. We think it's going to meander on up to these uh, upper standard deviation levels here, but overall, like we're going to see, we're going to continue to see collapsing volatility. Um, I wouldn't expect this chart to do much. The real chart that I'm looking at, like like laser focused on um, during this mini bull market, or maybe it's a macro bull market, who knows? Um, but the reverse repos, as long as there is money. To keep coming out of these reverse repos, I do believe that we should continue to see positive developments um, in crypto and in stocks. So as we've talked about for the past couple of months, the direction is up. Um, we're bullish here. We're, we're looking for some kind of like change in the prevalent macro conditions for us to really um, come off that thesis. Um, at the same time, I'm still kind of um, I'm still kind of looking for exits, um, lucrative exits on some of my shit coins. And they've hit some better levels like um, Link, for example, has continued to go up. Um, I have come very close to considering taking profit, but I hadn't like. I don't have a lucrative enough exit on that for me to justify um, selling it at the moment. So um, if I'm wrong and things crash, well, I'll just hold it through the crash, whatever. And I've got plenty of, um, of cash sitting on the sidelines to buy more degenerate plays if and when that opportunity comes. Gold, 
uh, continues to just trend sideways here while everything else goes up. This is a common tactic. Um, gold is, what are you going to say? Like gold is going to trend sideways. Everything else is going to trend up. It's going to tend to push the focus off of gold. People are going to get tired, throw their gold bags away. And then when the opportunity is ripe, um, we're going to see a breakout of gold. I don't know when that's going to come. We've been talking about forever. This chart is very clearly going to break out and the direction of all assets is basically always up. So, but again, you'll notice this is a very long-term chart. This chart doesn't, excuse me, this chart doesn't actually come to an end until, um, until like after 2025 starts. And so it could still be some time. Gold is your stable coin, guys. Like gold is the coin that you get into um, that helps you to like keep your value in times of woe and want and bear markets. Um, we'll go to the bonds, which haven't done anything. This slightly looks, I can't decide if this looks like a short-term bottoming pattern, you know, where we're going to kind of keep going up or if this looks more like a, uh, a bearish flag, right? So I have no idea. doesn't really matter. Um, we're just looking for the overall big, big picture trends to emerge. We're looking for this chart to make violent moves, um, to help us, um, understand that a macro change is a sea change is happening in the moment. Um, stocks made new all-time highs, right? NASDAQ. NASDAQ on uh, on Friday put on 1%, which, you know, for crypto, we're like whatever yawn, but for, for stocks, that's actually pretty high. And as we've talked about for a while, we very much, I expect this chart to continue going until we tag these, um, these long-term standard deviation, <laughs> standard, the standard deviation of the standard deviation, really the, the moving standard deviation of the moving standard deviation. I know that's a mouthful. Just to, just believe that, <laughs> just believe me when I tell you that these are important lines here and that things are going to get up to this area before um, maybe some kind of big pullback. Uh, or who knows, like maybe we could have a pullback now and then and then get up to those lines. But I mean, we're the, the direction is here. Like that's where this chart is going. That's where the S&P is going. Um, that's where the NASDAQ is going. So um, we'll continue to, re continue to remain bullish there, especially because uh, reverse repos still have... Um, Still have money to give. That's half a trillion dollars sitting there. Um, the global liquidity hasn't really changed that much. Still just kind of flat. So, um, but remember, uh, one of the things I think that I realized as of the past maybe three or four weeks is that global liquidity and global risk assets play off of each other. So as liquidity goes up, um, that means that there's fresh money to put into stuff, which goes into the stock market. And as stocks get valued higher, that means that there's more backing for more liquidity, for fresh printing, for fresh loans to be made. And so they kind of play off of each other, which is why we've seen this kind of like staggered stair step between the two um, is, is something we've noticed there. Um, let's go quickly to crypto. Um, all right, let's go back to Bitcoin here and just look at the bigger chart. Um, yeah, I mean, Bitcoin's still hitting, still kind of flirting with this, um, you know, with that 50,000 level, really technically 48,000, not quite 50, but um, uh, really starting to get up here to the top side of this line. I don't know how much I trust that, but for the moment, you know, things feel good. It wouldn't surprise me if things have to cool off here for a little bit. I'm not saying, I'm not predicting that or anything. I'm just saying that, um, you know, it is, it is pretty high and I hate chasing. I really hate chasing. Um, I would, I would much rather get into something at what I think is a really great price and then ride that shit up for a long time than to try and chase something that I think I missed. I hate recommending that people buy something that's already gone up so much. Um, but that doesn't mean that you can't make gains there. And some people are trend traders. Um, I'm definitely not a trend trader. I'm a bottom and a top picker and people tell you not to do that, but it's so far working out. Okay. For me. Um, let's see, this is Bitcoin dominance and still kind of sitting on the underside of this triangle. Um, I really, I really don't want to see this end up back into this area because that, that could mean big things for Bitcoin dominance. Um, and that's really, really not good for digital freedom money because it's just a distraction. It doesn't get us anywhere. All of their fucking scaling solutions are going to take years for them to think of even possibly forking into the chain and then actually developing into something that's scalable. Like there's so much complexity and hoop jumping. It's, it's insane. Um, 
But now they have NFTs, so that really, really helps the demand for their chain. They've got NFTs and BRC20s and all that shit. So like that, that's really helping them a lot. Um, so um, do, do, do. we'll take a look ETFs, at the and then we'll call it a day. And NFTs, yeah, all that good stuff. They're getting all this three-letter stuff. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> seems like they're pretty good with the three-letter acronyms lately. NSA, CIA. <laughs> uh, okay, then the last one to look at here is total. You'll notice that total like hasn't actually fully touched the um, the long term upper standard deviation lines that we set after the bull market. So uh, at this point, I basically do expect total to get up here into this area. Yeah, fact, I just I just want to I just want to interrupt this. We got our first. I didn't even know this was a thing. We got our first Facebook love. Uh, for, <laughs> apparently, we're streaming on Facebook too. I didn't even know. That's kind of funny. We're at, we almost hit a hundred live views. We're at ninety six right now. Like and share, guys. Let's 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 keep uh, getting the numbers up. Go ahead, body. Nice. Yeah. So um, yeah. So we got those ETFs. We got the inflows, as Anon not Anon Man is pointing out here. Um, but uh, yeah. So I kind of expect here at this point things are so um, things are so good. Uh, things are so bullish, and there's just liquidity and money. I do expect total to make it at least probably to the upper standard deviation level. This is not again, guys. This is not. Um, a resistance line. This is not a hard capping resistance. Often things can do this, right? Come up here and then come back down, right? That's so I just want to help you guys understand this is this is not hard resistance lines. They're zones of importance, right? They're areas that we need to focus on um, because market psychology is going to be focused on them. Oftentimes they can even act as pivot points. So if things really accelerate, like this could actually just be a pivot point that slams to the upside. It's rare, except unless you're the stock market, unless you're like supported by the cabal. It is very rare for an asset just to like from the bottom to make one fell swoop towards the top side here to your very long term standard deviation, your upper standard deviation, hang out and then just pump. Right. That's so rare for that to happen. What should happen typically like in, in a rational organic market would be something more along the lines like that. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's um, that's what we're looking at today. Uh, you know, I didn't pay enough attention to the body real quick. You want to go back to the XMR USD one day chart? Yes, I would like to. Look at that, guys. Our, our stable coin depegged. Oh, no. <laughs> Finally, movement. Also, have it, you taken a look at the, the Melt Cow Phase Law chart at all? No, I've, I, don't, I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, really? Uh, so it's on Monerage.net, and it's like this chart that compares Monero's fair price value compared to what it's currently valued at based on uh, transaction amounts and I think something else. How am I spelling this wrong? M O N E R O J dot net. Oh yeah, I think. Um, oh. Oh, you got to go to. Oh, here I'll send you the direct link in the private chat. It's on like a subdirectory of. Oh okay, yeah, that's probably Monerage. I've never heard of that. What is this? This is a Monero uh, price, like a fair value price chart. Oh okay. Is that like taking into account um, stock to flow and all that? Uh, I'm not sure all of what it's taken into account. Um, I think it's mostly based on transaction amounts. Uh, uh, okay. It looks like your screen is frozen. Um, oh, you sent it in the other. I was looking on uh, on Telegram. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I sent it in the private chat. Uh, yeah, okay. I'm, I've been on this site a number of times. I do like their charts. I do like the, the things that they put out here. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah, funny enough that the price oh, yes. diverged um, right about the time the that Binance Monero... listed it, right? Yep. Very yep. sus. It's pretty ironic. Wait, wait, explain this. What are, what are we looking at here? So this is Metcalf's law. It basically it theorizes that the value of your network is proportional to the um, to the number of transactions. Um, yeah, to the number of users, to the number of... Specifically, I think they're looking at transactions per day here. Um, awesome. And maybe that's like a... I think it's like number of transactions squared is what that 
equation is supposed to be. So I'm trusting that the dude that made this um, or gal that made this site um, has got it, has got Metcalf's law correctly and that equation correctly pumped into this. But um, yeah, this is like kind of like we would expect to be higher up here if um, if Monero was traded in at least at a similar fashion in the way that Bitcoin and other coins trade on the basis of their transaction counts. You know, speaking of transaction counts, let's take a look at that. Um, yeah, yeah, so yeah. the day the day that um, that the the blessing from Binance happened, um, we shot up to almost thirty thousand transactions. So really, a lot less than you might have thought. I really would have thought more people. I was kind of expecting more like thirty five um, thirty five thousand transactions higher. Um, yeah, and then it's kind of come back down. So a lot of people selling, a lot of people buying, trying to make moves and whatnot. Uh, and yes, Esteban, I think that that is where Binance started um, fractionally reserving Monero. And a fractional reserve, so selling an asset that you don't actually have amounts to a naked short. You owe a promise of something that you don't have, and you're going to have to eventually purchase that. Um, or if you're Binance, find other shady ways of getting around it. I think they, I think their Monero miners probably covered for quite a lot. It was weird last year when they mysteriously stopped shutting down withdrawals. Um, so maybe they knew from a long way off that they were going to do this delisting. Um, you know, here's another, here's another thought. Remember in 2021 when Bittrex delisted Monero and um, that was used to hit the price as everything else pumps? Man, I feel like that's, that, that rhymes a lot with what's happening here. Uh, it seems to me like there's still more pump to happen in the markets. I don't think this is necessarily like the pump to break all-time highs for, for Bitcoin and other stuff, but it does seem like, like quite the move is being made here, and it's, it's been sustained for a long time. So it does seem well-timed right, to, to put that news out there, delist, uh, delist Monero. Um, especially, you know, when their fractional reserve scheme that they used to suppress price last time maybe ran out of steam. Um, I am curious again, if they can roll this same scheme into other, into other exchanges. And I am curious what the liquidity situation looks like across, across the markets. Um, it is friction getting from getting into Monero outside of an instant swap, except for like local Monero, um, and BISC, like there's, there's just friction to get from the coins you want to get from into Monero or Monero into the other coins. Um. Like, like, for example, let's suppose I wanted to get from USDC. There's no USDC on local Monero. Um, at least I didn't see it on, uh, you know, on, on, as an option. So um, I don't know. Maybe I need to go be the liquidity that I want to see in the world and hit up the local Monero guys and say, hey, can we expand the coin offerings here? I think that would be a good deal, um, especially stable coins. Because, uh, I mean, I, you know, I do like to hedge, hedge my positions sometimes. I do like to say, okay, well, I, you know, I, I don't want to lose my value here, right? I'm in a stable coin. I'm going to tether. Um, so uh, anyways, yeah, like there, there's friction. Um, I want to see like really ideally what I want to see is Ethereum, XMR, swaps, gain liquidity. Um, maybe that'll never happen. Maybe no one's interested in XMR ETH liquidity. But to me, that's the most useful liquidity because inside of Ethereum, I can get into wrapped Bitcoin. If I want exposure to Bitcoin price, I can get into exposure to Bitcoin price and I can do it trustless. Um, and it's very unlikely that those guys are just going to rug pull after like six or seven years. I guess they could. Uh, I should look into more who like who has the rap Bitcoin. I think they're a corporate entity. Um, anyways, Ethereum just has all, like all kinds of stuff that you can get into and out of, and that's stable coins, and that's like crazy other tokens and degeneracy and NFTs and wrapped Bitcoin. And it would be nice just to get some some liquidity um, in atomic swaps between Monero and Ethereum. Um, that's like high up on my project list to do here at some point to to go maybe offer some of that liquidity. So, anyways, um, yeah, guys, I guess that's about all I got for you today. Unless um, Good Unless stuff, man. Good stuff. More of, more of the charts. No, I, I, I think that's good, and we we have a big show ahead. I had uh, the basic swap guys on last night. I recorded a show with them. Um, that's you know an, another another good avenue to to obtain Monero anonymously. 
uh, via atomic swaps through basic swap. It's pretty impressive what they've done over there. Um, they're basic saying swap that the, dot. Uh, basic swap. I don't. I don't know the. Uh, you've heard of them, right? The, we've, we've had we had them at Monerotopia. They presented. That's the particle project that built basic swap. Oh, okay. Decentralized exchange. It's got atomic swaps built into it. There's no there's no trickery there with using particle coin. It's its own true uh, decentralized exchange. You gotta you know di- download the client. You run you you run it, and then you can do uh, a swap in a pretty seamless way from Monero to Bitcoin or Litecoin. They have a couple of other coins on there, Furo. Uh, but they were saying like Litecoin is is probably the the you know what they recommend people use now for purposes of trying to get into Monero through basic swaps. So go hmm. obtain your like you know if if you need to go obtain your Litecoin on a centralized exchange, uh, super cheap to send and super fast and easy to then swap into Monero anonymously on basic swap peer to peer. You know, it's not it's not an instant exchange. It's a true peer to peer atomic based swap exchange. So nice, okay. Yeah, and it, it exists. You know, this is this isn't theoretical. We're not we're not waiting for it to 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 launch. Uh, it's been up and running, and they've been iterating and improving. So it's it's happening, guys. It's not uh it's not theoretical. We we've been delisted, and the the solutions around it already exist, and are now just need to improve in terms of their usability and adoption. I love it. Like, there's so many different options out there. Like, it's hard to keep track of them all. Yeah, that's that, that's a good sign, right? There's there's competition in wanting to be the you know be the bridge to Monero in a decentralized way. Um, that's just great to see. Well, I will go check them out then. Hopefully, they have a hidden service. Have a what hidden service? Yeah, like Tor. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you could you could do it that way. Yeah, I don't see like why for example, local to... Monero has an Onion address, so you can go directly to their Onion address and mm-hmm. um, use it as a hidden service. Right, it's just more private. Anytime you have to exit the Tor network to get to a website. Um, to get to a clearnet website, you're you're like there's privacy risks there, significant ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, with Basic Swap, you have to run. You know, you have to download and run the client. You know, run a client, a Basic Swap oh. node. Yeah, right. I'm so not sure a. the client would perform well through a tour. I don't know. Yeah, but at that point, I like you really. Do you is it is it? Do you need a tour connection for? I mean, obviously it would be ideal, but you're I don't know from an opsec perspective. I mean, yeah, you're still uh, making connection to the to a server in the same way that you would be with, uh, or like other parties in the same way mm-hmm. you would be with the website. But and I, I don't see why you wouldn't be able to do that through Tor. I guess, like you said, just for for, for speed or whatnot. But I, I don't know. I think it might actually. I, I didn't bring that up to them. Usually, Question. you can Torify just about anything by sending it yeah. through a gateway. Um, for the most part, not not everything. Yeah. All right, man. Okay. Please, yeah. uh, please stick around if you can. I'll be here. Ain't on mine. Show up. Tell me, wow, tell me what's uh, up, bro. Please, we're, we're I sitting have this conversation. We've been we're sitting we've been steadily for a while. We're sitting steadily above a hundred viewers, which is uh, super cool. I think that's nice. that's a first for Monerotopia. So, like I said, Streisand effect is in effect, guys. People have opened their are, are curious about the coin that's being delisted from all the exchanges. Like, why, why, why Monero? Uh, like I said, we even got our yeah. one like from Facebook, which I didn't even know we're streaming there live, which is great. So I mean, talk about pulling it, pulling in the noobs, right? If we're pulling in people from Facebook, that that's that's a good sign, guys. A that's a that's a really good sign. 
I mean, guys, it's really simple. They don't want you to have it. You should probably go use it. Like, yes, there's limits to that logic, but <laughs> like you, it, we should be using it because they haven't delisted anything else, right? They didn't delist Litecoin with Mimblewimble. Um, they, they haven't delisted Zcash in similar fashion. Like it's Monero. Yeah. I remember, uh, you and was it you body and who is it? Vin, I think talking about the, the positive and negative about this, uh, a few days ago on your, your spaces. And I do think it's genuinely a, a net positive and it will be, especially long-term. There's going to be so yeah, really many problems ben alleviated to, um, from, uh, yeah, no, of course. Uh, cause you're talking about all this stuff. You're, you're very like smart in this. That's so very interesting to hear what you have to say about the price action and the markets and stuff. But yeah, that was a great. That was a great conversation you guys had. He's uh, we got we got to get him on here one of these days. I I, I really appreciated totally. his his takes. Yeah, I mean he had he definitely had good points to make, and they're the kinds of that's the kind of conversation where it's like even though um you might like I still slightly disagree with him. It's it's like the points that he brought up are really important points that you should think about and be able to address and speak to directly. I, I feel like it was a really good conversation, and he brought good stuff to the table. And he's like he was like a decred guy or something or. Well, what's his? Uh, I I think he's like into some other project, right? Pretty hard. I don't know. I feel no? bad. I should have asked him. Nano, right? He was Nano. He was part of Nano. Nano. Okay. Yeah, we'll uh, maybe we'll get Nano to participate in Monerotopia this year. I know that you know they're they're striving to be digital cash as well. Obviously, they've done things a lot differently. I don't follow that project at all. Never have, but um, I think they're you know they they, they have respect in terms of the, the tech that they're using and the different approach they're using for trying to be digital cash. There's no there's no privacy as far as I know with Nano, um, but they've done some pretty interesting things in terms of scalability and the ability to send transactions. There's a, um, a Telegram chat GPT-4 Nanobot. Yes, uh, I know. That I've been playing with. That's super cool. They I charge had that. You a little, oh, and you can pay with Monero. Like you just tell it, hey, convert to Monero, um, and it'll give you a QR code. You'll send the Monero, and it'll convert it for you to Nano. Yeah, I'm trying to get her to come on. M- Mira or something is her name, or, or the person who runs that. Yeah. It's a uh, little that... expensive, and you've got to be careful about how you manage your chat in terms of um, setting how long your memory is. Because like you could set your memory to be 20, but then it's gonna like charge you. Like sometimes I've paid 50 cents per message just because I've got a shitload of messages that I want it to interpret. Um, you know, in answering the question that I have for it. You know, I want to keep a running history there. So you have to be careful to clear it, to set your memory lower and, um, you know, to get it to answer you more quickly because you're being charged by the API, which charges you per token or basically like per um, character kind of. Um, and so like it'll the more tokens you're using in your prompt and in your response, like it's going to charge you more. Whereas the subscription is just a flat fee. Um, so you don't get like charged for extra usage typically with a subscription. So anyways. Right, right. You, you pay per you. I actually... Uh investigated that idea before they before they even launched um i had somebody in the monero community looking into it trying to make a monero version of that uh basically a way to use chat gpt api anonymously which is uh, essentially exactly what they did but they built it with nano um i think it's i think it's a cool concept i don't i don't know you think it will uh will get traction i feel like it's expensive compared to what i was paying for a subscription with chat gpt4 um I tried Claude recently, but Claude does not seem to... It gives me wrong answers on shell script all the time, and I'm like, no, that's just wrong. So I'm going to have to stop using Claude, um, and I want something cheaper than, than this Telegram GPT-4 bot. It's good for you to top it up for when you have like random questions. Um, I mean, I don't know. If you're already paying for a GPT-4 subscription, why would you use the Telegram bot? But if you don't want to pay for a GPT-4 subscription, you just occasionally have a question, it's a great, it's a great way to... And like, how private is it? 
like, like I, I was imagining a Monero one. I was even calling, I forget what, Anon API, I think was the, the domain, uh, Anon chat GPT or something was the domain name I bought at the time. Um, cause I, I think that, that's, that's an interesting use case, right? Like I want to interact with chat GPT, but I want to make sure I'm completely anonymous. It doesn't know who I am, what I am. It's not collecting data on me. Um, do you, you know, do you think, uh, is this tool serving that purpose? It could. Yeah. Like it is, it could have its place there. You would need to get an anonymous phone number connected. You'd want to connect over Tor. I don't know. Does Telegram block Tor servers? I'm not sure about that. I've never tried to connect to Telegram over Tor. Um, but that would be interesting to try that. Maybe I would give that a, a swing today. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you could, you could probably figure out, figure out a way to use this at least mostly anonymously. Um, yeah. Cause that, cause then the yeah, premium kind of makes to, sense, right? I think you connect Telegram with Tor. Um, I think I've done it before. At one point, I was running Orbot on my phone, and most things surprisingly still worked. Nice. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and move on to the news because Tony only has so much time. So, oh, okay. So we'll do news first, and then we'll run do that, dev report. Yes, right. let's run that real quick. Uh, and thanks, right, as always, Body, for Talk the amazing bit. price report. Have a good Thank one. Thank you, man. Yeah, it's fantastic. And now for our weekly news segment. Hey guys, happy weekend. Tony. Hey, how are you guys? Tony, what's up, man? Good, good. How are you guys? Good, good. How'd you, how'd you handle the uh, the delisting? What, what was your delisting day like when, when Monero just... Yeah, you were celebrating? Oh. It was oh, a party yeah. for all of us, right? Yeah, even like awesome. Monero was like, Binance delisting, cool. We'll, we'll give you 15% off the conference. <laughs> it's good. Like, we, we were awesome. all expecting it, you know, so... Um, it wasn't a surprise. We're all expecting it, and it did come. So it's okay. I mean, we don't need them. So um, we're going to go into it. But I, I also wanted to say we got 86 people watching on YouTube, 55 likes. We, we used to get less than that. That's awesome. If we can get it to 100 again on YouTube. Yeah, we we hit over 100. We hit like 106 on YouTube today. We so. did. Yeah, I'm one, we're at... one love from Facebook. <laughs> one love from Facebook. <laughs> we we, that, we saved one person on Facebook, one, one com- completely captured individual who spends his time on Facebook has discovered Venera. <laughs> we saved you. But it's kind of funny how you, you said um, we got the Facebook noobs and then we dropped like four viewers in that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> noobs. It, it's, it's a tough environment over here. The boomers uh, are angry. Yeah. Right, now let's get into it and if you guys i'm watching the youtube uh, comment section as well so if you guys have any questions or if you want to uh, you know comment or any of the news uh, then go ahead and i'll, I'll read that for you uh but the first thing so binance surprise you know not surprisingly uh delisted monero also ant multi and vi and then for more details they wrote this article we were talking about it for quite some time now and it finally happened um we even looked at the requirements for a crypto to be on the platform just didn't make uh make sense why monero is uh not on binance but it's not affecting us at all so if you want to read more (laughs) about their decision you can in the uh, this article from them uh but to actually to celebrate (laughs) um you get 15 percent off monero tickets uh, and I think actually, I'm not sure if this is still applicable. I think that was just four days ago. Uh, let me just double check because I think when I went, yeah, voucher invalid. Okay, okay, never mind. Well, but four days ago, which is still pretty cool, Monerocon, when the the listing happened, they they put up a code called delist this, and it would get 15% of the Monerocon tickets to celebrate the listing for Binance. We don't need centralized exchanges, 
And um, it was interesting when I saw this post from Comprehensive Menu 856 asking market price, what will happen in a world without CEXs? Um, so he was wondering, he said, all I know is that the price of a cryptocurrency on a platform is based on its last trade. But um, what happens if we're not going to have buy, uh, Monero on any CEXs? What's going to happen to the price? What's going to happen in general? general? And uh, the fast stone replied in the comments. And I think that it's a very good answer. A free peer-to-peer market in every country, city, and even city neighborhood, if it's a big city, will determine the price of XMR without states, regula- regulators, and their supporters in the form of funds. So is the, the value of Monero and the price is going to be reflected by actually people using it without any, any manipulation from you know Binance like in the past or any of the CEXs. Um, so we don't have to worry about these things. We should actually celebrate that. And uh, Binance would probably not be the first platform to delist Monero. And um, I'm actually very curious because Kraken uh, posted on Twitter that um, so Monero tweeted back after Binance delisted. They said Monero will never compromise on privacy. So we'll not change. Uh, Monero will not change anything in the protocol just to stay on Binance. Like that's just not going to happen. Uh, but I said you can trade Monero on other exchanges, on DEXs, and with, and with atomic swaps. Um, we do have a lot of atomic swaps right now. Bitcoin, Ethereum, you know, Bitcoin Cash. Um, and also, please self-custody your Monero. That is very important. Don't don't hold your Monero on Binance or platforms like that because they you're not owning your Monero, essentially. But interestingly enough, uh, Kraken uh, replied, privacy is not a crime. Um, which is uh, very good to, to hear from Kraken. I think, I, I know Monero can be bought in certain regions via Kraken, uh, but in most of the world, I think you can still buy Monero on Kraken if you still choose to use that route. Um, but just based on what some, some of the stuff that Kraken said in the past, if I would choose a CEX, it would be probably this one. Um, but, you know, obviously, um, ultimately, I don't want to use a CEX, but... Yeah, privacy is not a crime. It is not a crime. Now that we talked about the listing a little bit, uh, let's actually talk about... Yeah. So the, how's my sound, guys? I think my sound got all... No, it uh, sounds... Qu- sounds a little bit quiet. A little bit quiet. Really? For me, it's good. Um, yeah, Tony's much louder than you are. So the know. actual delisting day is the 20th, right? Yes. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, so yeah. I'm, think, I'm thinking maybe we do the next Monerotopia... Because we're we uh, next weekend we're a little iffy with our Monerotopia show. We might try to do it on the twentieth, the next that day, which should yeah. be fun. We could all huddle up together and celebrate the delisting officially. Yeah, yeah. Some bottles. <laughs> some champagne. Pop some bottles. Pop some bottles. Yeah. Okay. Now uh, this is an interesting video, actually. So uh, this is Obama, and then let's let's watch this video, and then we'll discuss it. Wow, this guy's still a thing. <laughs> uh, let me know if you can actually hear it. The question we now have to ask is... Yep. You can. If technologically it is possible to make an impenetrable device or system where the encryption is so strong that there's no key, there's no door at all, what mechanisms do we have available to even do simple things like tax enforcement? Because if, in fact, you can't crack that at all, government can't get in, then everybody's walking around with a Swiss bank account in their pocket. Which is essentially, he's talking about... That's uh, Monero. Exactly. Uh, I remember that. that. That was a long time. What year was that? That was like 2013. 
I think he uh, said that. According oh, no, to 2016. Oh, that was 2016? Okay. Yeah. Still, still, he was, you know, Obama had the ability to actually explain the value proposition better than anybody else at that time in like in two sentences. Um, he just yeah. like red pilled everybody on cryptocurrency. <laughs> yeah. Especially you're, you're... Monero, because like Bitcoin. Monero. Yeah, like it's technically sovereign, but you can't really use it. Yeah. Like, who would want a Swiss bank in your pocket? Oh, my God, that sounds horrible. <laughs> <laughs> that's, only, that's only for rich people. Why, why, should we, why should we make that accessible and permissionless for all? Why should the peasants be able to have access mm-hmm. to that? Which is so incredible. But nowadays, you can just have a literally Swiss bank in your own pocket, and anybody can have, and they can have uh, as much as $5, as much as $1 million. It's not restrictive to your status, your money, or anything. You can have it today. And... Um, we have Vic actually on the show. Hey, Vic. And uh, this is a reminder if you do want to store your Monero somewhere, you can go on Cake Wallet and do so. Um, and uh, Foxcoid said, here we go, 20F. I have wine ready. So we have, pe- <laughs> we have people um, ready to be on the show on the 20F and drink. Okay. Now let's talk about this article from Chain Analysis uh, from February 7th. So like three days ago. Ransomware payments exceed 1 billion in 2023, hitting record high after 2022 decline. If we look at the numbers, 2019, 220 million really jumped like during COVID, 2022, half a billion, and then 1 billion, actually more in 2023. Now, uh, this article does not mention, uh, there's no direct mention to, to Monero. Uh, we do see in some of the charts, uh, Bitcoin being mentioned and such. But now my question is how much of, because every single time Monero is, is being judged by, um, that is being used by criminals and for nefarious activities. But out of that 1.1 billion um, ransom uh, ransom total that they uh, they put in the chart, how much of that is actually coming from Monero? That, that, that's really interesting because uh, you can't really track it like, directly. So uh, how much of that is actually from Bitcoin, not a cryptocurrency and actually Monero? And I assume, I suspect, I'm not sure that... Um, it's probably that value is probably from you know Bitcoin and other ones because you can't really track Monero uh, directly. So uh, this is interesting, interesting article. Now uh, let's discuss uh, this one is huge as well. So the UAE makes first digital Durham transfer via Embridge CBDC platform. So essentially, United Arab Emirates conducted its first cross-border digital Durham transfer with. China on January 29th. It was quite a big transaction as well. Or, uh, yeah, it's kind of big. Uh, 50 million uh, Durham, 13.6 million cross-border CBDC transfer was sent to uh, China. As far as I'm aware, this is the first of such a transaction. Pro- uh, Project Enbridge was introduced in 2021 by the central monetary authorities of China, Hong Kong, Thailand, and the U- UAE in partnership with the bank uh, or uh, BIS. So... Um, then I also wanted to mention that n- nearly 90% of central banks worldwide, that's most, most of them, that's a huge number, are looking to adopt CBDCs. Um, and out of these, uh, 11 countries have launched a CBDC, 15 are in the pilot stage, and 26 are in the development phase. Um, so um, almost every country is looking into CBDC, into adopting it, into, into using it and such. Then let's talk about, this one was uh, interesting, Swiss city of Lugano embraces diverse digital currencies future. So 
Um, we have a local official stating that a future where Bitcoin, stable coins, and, and CBDCs can coexist in the Swiss city of Lugano. Uh, Paolo Bortolin, a deputy chief financial officer for the city of Lugano, is optimistic of such a future. Uh, Bitcoin being Bitcoin, he said, is a uh, is a constant presence and operates independently in a fully decentralized manner. And uh, if individuals can manage all their Swiss francs through a digital wallet controlled by the central bank and may manage decentralized finance investments easily via CBDC, the necessity for traditional banks might uh, diminish. This uh, this is in regards to him talking about a direct competition to tr- traditional banks, which uh, in the past we've seen that in Russia, for example, the um, government was pro, I think, uh, CBDC, but the traditional banks were not which happens usually because that will essentially uh, replace the traditional banks. He also mentioned that if the Swiss National Bank issues a CBDC, we will certainly use it. Um, that is that is normal, he said. So are we going to see in Lugano a future where we have CBDC, stablecoins, Bitcoin? And I assume since um, Bitcoin was mentioned, that means just, just crypto in general. So crypto, stablecoins, and CBDCs. We'll see. We'll see if such a feature will come in Lugano, but um, it's interesting that um, this local official is looking forward for all, all of these options. Now, let's go to India. So, India, to look at offline solutions to HCBDC, obviously. Uh, got- yeah, enough, enough CBDC news. Keep keep moving on. It's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, same old, same old. We know, we know the adoption's growing. CBDCs, what else we got? All right. Um, this one is about a bank customer deposits 5K from a central exchange to his bank account. Bank freezes the account, wants detailed information, including wallet address, in order mm-hmm. to unfreeze the account. And the new motion wrote, Dutch friend of mine recently got threatened with account closure by Rob- Rabobank if he kept Monero in his portfolio. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. They knew he owned XMR because they first made it seem as a market survey in which he exposed his portfolio holdings. Be careful out there, folks. Yeah, don't disclose what you have. <laughs> don't disclose that you have one arrow. Yep. Uh, well, that... we all lose arrows in boat accidents anyway, so we don't have any. <laughs> we lost it a long time ago. We don't have any. Um, then I just want to mention this Monero fund again for VT Nerd. So far, we raised 14 Monero. We still have quite uh, a lot to go, $28,000. It's a lot of work, 480 hours of work. VTNerd has been working on Nero for a long, long time. Um, So go ahead and go to Nero Fund and donate so we can get uh, him started on the project full time. Well, this is an unfortunate side effect uh, by the USD price dropping is that, um, you know, unfortunately, it's still reality. A lot of the world works in in USD and these fundraisers um, and CCSs that are created in Monero value the dollar value is going to be significantly lower right now. So yeah. that might significantly screw with people's ability to to make money for for working. Yeah, I've no, seen that, a lot that... of projects that have had to been halted due to the USD price of XMR going like too low. Like they just they mm-hmm. couldn't afford it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it's, it's it's a big problem. I mean we we have people that are dedicating their time and their brain power to developing the Monero protocol um and they're taking a big risk. So Whenever we see fundraisers like this contribute, especially somebody like VT Nerd, I mean, this guy has done so much for 
Monero uh, on a, on a deep level, right? He's not. This isn't. This isn't low level stuff, guys. He's he's working on big things always for Monero uh, to constantly improve its network security. Uh, you know, so on a network level is usually where VT, VT Nerd focuses, um, and it's it's extremely important work that he does. But yeah, like Tux is saying. Um, these guys, everybody's out there. They're taking a big risk. You know, they they dedicate their time, they dedicate their lives to this, and they you know they take a risk with the the payment they're getting because they're they're getting paid in Monero. So, the least we can do is support. Yeah, let's try to match what he would have been getting before this uh, this XMR crash and give VT Nerd some love because this guy is like really really smart and very valuable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, so let's talk about this. Um, some. Some projects chose to remove the privacy, uh, <laughs> such as Zen. So, one from Horizon earlier today at Block Height, the hard fork removing the shielded pool was successfully activated on the Horizon main chain. It's official. Zen is no longer a privacy token, and they put some confetti. So they're like celebrating that after the hard. So, so what? What are they then? I don't even know anything about Zen. I mean, I've heard about it for like the name forever. I, I, I don't. They're they're related to Zcash, right? The Zcash protocol, or no? Does anybody? I, I don't know. I don't I, even know. I I don't know when it comes to that, I, but um, I just know that it used to be a privacy token. One of them. So, now they're so just what like, is the, like? What are they offering now? What differentiates them from the other thousand projects now, or ten thousand, or a hundred thousand projects that exist? That's a like, <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Jesus, Christ. imagine being a Zen holder and you're like celebrating, like, yay, it's no longer a privacy coin. So now we're still listed and we're, we're, now we're just like a complete shit coin. That's we totally were just, like, sad. A, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So these people yeah. just don't get it. No, but especially like coming from them specifically and like they celebrated, like they put a confetti emoji. <laughs> and yay. And uh, this person said it's official. Then it's no longer a privacy coin. What they wrote, and then he dropped this Horizon, and they put a clown emoji. Yeah, let me let me go buy some Zen. Yeah. Okay. That is so funny that they're just like no longer a privacy coin. That's. <laughs> it's like we're no longer a cryptocurrency. We're just a complete shitcoin scam. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wonder what happened to the price. Actually, uh, let me take a look. Like ever since. Okay, went down a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I don't know anything about Zen. Yeah, I don't know much about it. I thought the price would go up, but it actually kind of went down. <laughs> every seven, so. uh, not by a lot, though. So let's look at this meme. Um, actually, I need to I need to see this interview today. Uh, it's really interesting. Putin and Tucker. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to sit down. I've watched like the first 10 minutes of it. Putin starts to go into uh, great detail on the history of Russia and Ukraine, um, yes. which is impressive. Uh, I, I got to go back and listen to the whole thing. I mean, imagine imagine Biden sitting there and giving a half hour response to a question in great detail and like citing history. The guy can <laughs> barely put together two sentences. Yeah, but um, I've read a couple of books on Putin. I've watched probably all the interviews possible except this one that just came out. Um, he's a very very intelligent individual, and he really knows his history. So whether you like him or not, and this doesn't mean that I like him personally or anything. But uh, he does know his history, and at least what he does is based on historical facts. And very interesting. He's very knowledgeable. Um, yeah. Yeah, I saw I saw like Peter McCormick this week attacking um, what's his name for for interviewing him. No, oh. uh, Tuck, attacking Tucker. I believe like he he was like criticizing Tucker for 
giving a platform. Like, come on, man. Jesus Christ. Speak. That's yeah. like that's also like kind of like you're like you're the Bitcoin guy, man. It's like, like free free speech money, man. That's what it's supposed to be about. Yeah, right? the people so getting like, mad at Tucker for interviewing Putin is just like that's that's like the real uh, like they're saying you should be banned from like Twitter. What he's like, a, he's he's committing treason to the United States. That's like the real fascism, just because he he uh, interviewed Putin. Right. Yeah, this whole concept of giving somebody a platform, like I get attacked for that, right? Like giving somebody a platform, like it's 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 free speech, guys, and especially this. It's this is the most important form of it, political speech. So, like, let's hear what Putin has to say. Yep. Does it does it mean you have to agree with him? But you know, you can use your mind that you you know that your your God given mind to make your own personal choice and decide where you stand based on what he's saying. You could you can judge him based on what he says and try to determine if he's just bullshitting. Um, but this idea of just completely cutting people off and not allowing them to have platforms, especially with with, with what's at stake here with these wars that we get pulled into as a country, we can't hear the other side of the story. I mean, yeah. that's that's completely absurd. We're sending, you know, uh, billions of dollars over over to Ukraine. We're, you know, For a proxy war. It's, it's 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 just a ridiculous notion to say that uh, all, all no American citizens should have access to hearing the other side. Um, yeah. Absurd. And you have to be, you have to question anybody that's uh, that's making that argument. And for Peter McCormick to make that argument. I mean, we already know the guys like completely full of shit when i had him on my show and whatever pushed him on on monero at the time um yeah he showed he showed his cards there but i i was kind of blown away that he took such a strong stance against it mm-hmm. uh, it just i i just it just seems like so hypocritical to me that you're you're mr uh free speech money protocol which is what bitcoin was supposed to be and what he he thinks it is uh, and here you are trying to cancel people for providing platforms, uh, free speech platform. The interview was pretty cool. Economy. It is very long, but it, it was it was quite good. I did watch through just about the whole thing. Um, and Putin is he's, he's pretty smart, and he's definitely good at doing an interview. But the the uh, the contrast between someone like him and like our current air quote president, right? This this meat puppet we have as a US president is like it's so like it really like puts things into perspective. Mm-hmm. Peter Peter McCuck shield Celsius BlockFi and fake vaccines. Uh, I don't even know the details, but I yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if he was pro vaccine when that was all taking place. I don't know, man. That that guy's that guy's strange. He's like a CIA operative or something, Peter. Like I don't even understand why he's he he is he has gained so much influence in in that in that realm. Um, it's it's kind of interesting. Uh, programming guy. Oh, but the force has a strong influence on the weak-minded. LOL. Yeah, yeah, right. That that's the argument, right? That that it's uh it's dangerous because weak minds might listen listen to Putin. Well, you know that that comes with free speech, right? Mm. Can you imagine if we had Putin on the show and then we, we uh, turned up <laughs> and they say, oh, that's interesting. I'll take a look at it. <laughs> oh, my God. That'll be the most viewed, viewed Monero talk. I don't, think Putin's yeah. that, uh, I don't think he's Putin, that libertarian. Sorry. Putin ain't coming on Monero talk. Monerotopia. But yeah, <laughs> if, you, if you can arrange that, by all means. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, now, let's actually, let, let me bring this one before, and then we'll talk about the last article for this week's news section. So um, you can use AI to make a fake ID. So 
Uh, this person, Joseph Cox, said, I tested and made two IDs in minutes. Use one to successfully bypass the identity verification check on a cryptocurrency exchange. Massive implications in, for crying cybersecurity. So you can now use AI to make your own driver license and actually... So to purchase Monero anonymously on centralized exchanges. <laughs> give it, give it a go, guys. Yeah, that's crazy. That's that's so crazy. Yeah, yeah, and you can actually bypass the uh, security. That's wild. Yeah, that's. I, I, I don't know how long that's gonna that's gonna last. I mean, yeah, I don't know how they're gonna fight that. I mean, it's like kind of. I don't know. There's tech on both ends trying to figure that out, but uh, that's that's interesting. So, I mean, it. it it is a tool that can be used to maintain your an- anonymity on centralized services, centralized exchanges that try to KYC. I don't know how this guy claimed that he was successfully able to do it. Pretty interesting. I wonder if they're going to do- drop the identity verification then. Because, like, what's the point? That's going to be, and maybe they're going to implement something else. They, like, they, 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 they they're going to make you do a fingerprint, iris scanning. Yeah. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. yeah, yeah they're yeah. just going to you know, up funny. the. Yeah. You're going to have a chip and you need to. You know, <laughs> which will then also be fooled by AI in the near future. Right. Yeah. Right. Cat, cat and mouse game. Cat and mouse game for sure. Um, okay. Now this is a really long article, but I highly recommend you look into it because it's interesting. Nick, uh, I think Zabo Shabo. I'm not sure how to say his last name. Zabo. Zabo. Okay. Uh, the real Satoshi Nakamoto, the definitive case study. Um, this is quite an in-depth article on, on, uh, some, pr- evidence of why he may be the actual Satoshi Nakamoto. And it talks about the birth of uh, Bitcoin, who is Nick. Um, uh, Bitcoin, Bitgold is the predecessor of Bitcoin. Um, Bitgold is the early draft of Bitcoin. Uh, Satoshi Ali then cite Bitgold, and he, he goes into specific years. And um, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, Nick, Nick Zabo has always been one of the top uh choices for who is likely satoshi or who who was part of the satoshi team nick zabo adam back um you know a couple couple other people that are always thrown in that mix but yeah nick zabo is like it, I, I i don't know i think it's like maybe him and adam back working together is like <laughs> would have been would have been like if i had a guess like <laughs> i would say it was those two working together uh, as a core, as a, like as a team, mm-hmm. to to build the first uh, implementation of of Bitcoin, uh, maybe they participate together on the white paper. Maybe it was just Nick Zabo. Who knows, right? Nobody knows. But um, there's there's all, certainly a lot of things that point to him. We did a show with somebody uh, that was pretty convinced it was Adam Back. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, convincing arguments there too. And this guy had claimed that he was able to essentially uh, fingerprint the computer that was used to run the first implementation of like uh to launch bitcoin and that it was somehow he was tying that to adam back um but yeah who knows it's these guys were were very early and early involved and nick zabo was talking about the concept of bitcoin before bitcoin exists as as bit gold and and it wasn't even referenced in the Satoshi white paper, which is, I guess, if you are Satoshi, you don't have to make a reference to your own thing, right? So it's like you didn't have to reference uh, what he had previously talked about. Uh, but actually, Tony, if you pull up, can you pull up Twitter and pull up Nick Zabo? Yeah, sure. Wasn't there a guy some time ago on Twitter claiming to be actually Satoshi Nakamoto and he was very adamant about it? Do you remember that guy? Uh, there's quite a few people that <laughs> pretend to be Satoshi, right? <laughs> Um, but yeah, bring up, bring up Nick Zabo. It's yeah, that was that. That's him. 
What's that? That one. And now oh. search search Monero. Search Monero. Search search his tweets for Monero. You know, search his page. Yeah, yeah. Nope. See the search on the right? You could search his tweets. Twitter banner's ironic. Oh wait, is that searching? There's no. a way to search no no no. Go to his go to the top. Yeah, you could you could search tweets. No? I don't think so. I mean Yeah, you can. I do it all the time. Really? Um yeah, yeah, yeah. You just go to somebody's page. Anyway, if you if you search it and you put in Monero, uh you know, Nick Zabo has talked about Monero. He uh he sees Bitcoin and Monero as two two legitimate projects, so there you have it. I mean, Satoshi. Not if if he is in fact Satoshi Nakamoto. Satoshi is is pro Monero and also pro tyranny based on his uh, his blue line flag Twitter banner. No, oh. it's very ironic. Mm. Mm. Pe- people are complex, you know. People are complex. Like you see those cars on the road that have the "Don't Tread on Me" and also have the the thin blue line flag sticker. It's like, dude, you, you realize those are a direct contradiction to each other. Yeah. So we there's a tweet from one seven twenty one. Um, Tony, you can't search, you can't search the tweets. Where do you go? I mean, uh, talks, maybe you could help them out there. Um, so from one seventeen twenty one, Monero is, Monero is very good privacy compliment. Uh, Monero is a very good privacy compliment to Bitcoin. They are both good money. Um, you want to share the screen on that? So, uh, yeah, I and think then, I found, uh, I found something related to it. I didn't find the exact tweet, but I found a. Uh, someone asking his opinion. He all right. Let me share my screen. Pull this up from Fluffy Pony. Share screen. See this. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Nick Sabo on Monero source. What's your opinion on Monero only? The tech is very interesting and important. I'm not necessarily against the fa- founders' rewards. This doesn't mean they didn't recommend Zcash over Monero. Vice versa. There are many issues. How the tech is implemented covered many important years I've study. Mm-hmm. It's better for privacy than Bitcoin. I encourage. You. That's not like yeah. a huge like thing, but. Well, I mean, I think the one that I uh, Monero is very good privacy complement to Bitcoin. They are both good money, right? So he's saying both Bitcoin and Monero uh-huh. are good money. Um, that that's that's pretty good. I mean, if we care what Nick Zabo is saying, I, I certainly do. Uh, even if he's not Satoshi, <laughs> he's extremely uh, intelligent uh, cypherpunk. Um, and actually, I'm looking at some of his other tweets. I know. Remember, we were talking about. I don't know if you guys remember. We were talking about Whitney Webb last week. Whitney yeah, Webb yeah. has a tremendous following. She's got like 300,000 followers. She's um, I wish. What is she? She's a journalist. I don't know, but she's you know very base in her opinions, right? She's kind of on the cutting edge of of uh, you know of, of of being base, right? She's always always on the right side, it seems like. And she was recently interviewed, and it sounded like she was talking about Monero when she was talking about Bitcoin and her criticism of Bitcoin. She was talking about Monero without mentioning by name. But I'm looking back on these tweets, and one of Nick Zabos's tweets is from what years uh, are from. One twenty four twenty one, and he's responding to Whitney Webb, and because she had just said that she started accepting Monero donations, um, and then his response, Nick Zabo, aka Satoshi Nakamoto, said, "Great move. I recommend also taking Monero and/or Zcash to better protect the privacy of your donors." So, um, encouraging that you know Nick Zabos, aka Satoshi, is pro Monero, seemingly. Slightly okay with Zcash as well, but uh, it's nice to see him talking about Monero. 
Just for let you do a filter search on the desktop. I know you can do this on the app for some dumb reason. You can't do this on the website. Yeah, yeah, maybe you can't. So yeah, sorry about that, Tony. Stressing you out. Maybe you can't. Maybe you can't do it on the desktop. And but this you guy can do it, only do it smokes. This guy like was never ending. Just like retweet and tweet like for like the entire month of February. I'm trying to get to January. I know you can do. You can. You put the user's name and the username, and then there's some. You write something in search, and then it can. I just... yeah, I did that, and well, I typed in his regular name, not as you. Um, let's see, I should be just about there. You said twenty January twenty four. Um, no, it was twenty one. It was the year was twenty one. Yeah, January twenty fourth, twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah. I'm just yeah, yeah. This is like the most never ending tweet while I have the world. Yeah, it's all right. Let's <laughs> let's, let's, keep let's keep online. moving. Online. We got yep, we got go a big on. show ahead. We'll keep moving. Tony, is that all the news? Yep, that is all. That is all for this week. Yeah. Wow. All right, buddy. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, and we'll keep moving. We got a lot. We still got a lot more ahead. We have Dev Report. We have yep. a guest. Awesome. We have viewers on stage. <laughs> We're still holding steady above 80 live viewers. Uh, stick around, guys. Like and share. Get the word out. This is how we help grow Monero here. This is, you know, what we do here is just talk about it, right? Get Talk about the doings. There's, there's other things you could do to help grow Monero, but this is one of the ways... Uh, spreading Monerotopia, bringing people into this ecosystem where they can come learn about it. So please yep. like and share to help grow. And we got 61 likes on YouTube. So it's pretty close to the um, how many people are watching, 74. That's a pretty high ratio. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. All right. Uh, have a good weekend, guys, and uh, see you next time. Possibly. Thank you, man. Thanks, Tony. Great job. Great job, Tony. Thank you, guys. Okay. All righty. Let's bring up... The Dev Report. All right. We got uh, Hyundai housing. housing for the Dev Report, right? Yep. Awesome. Let's go. And now for the Monero development segment. Hey, guys. Hyundai Housing. How's it going, man? Hey, Taksu. Hey, Douglas. Hey, How are awesome. You? Thanks for, thanks for uh, doing another Dev Report. Appreciate it. So today we can choose if we only want a short dev report or if we, if we try again with uh, the atomic swaps. You think we could? You think we could pull it off this time? Well, how, how's it looking? I'm 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 unsure because I I'm running the software and it's uh, behaving uh, not really like it it should like. Have Have you successfully done one on your own off the show? No. <laughs> but uh, okay. I mean, we can try. If it fails another time, okay, not too bad. I think. Uh, but uh, it's interesting to see we only have like uh, five offers, mm-hmm. and one offer is like fifty percent above the regular price. Interesting. And one is twenty percent over it. But I think. Uh, we just can try it to um, yeah, give it a go. Send some Monero to the uh, general fund wallet. This one here. So you're you're gonna try to swap Bitcoin for Monero? Yes, I'm selling Bitcoin and I am receiving Monero, but uh, I'll send the Monero to the general. Okay, what okay. happened now? I changed the Monero address and then okay, now oh. it's it's refreshing. So. Let's bring so up my for, just so for people don't know what we're doing. So we're using uh, Samurai Wallet. They they recently added the ability to do 
Bitcoin to Monero atomic swaps through their wallet. And now we're, we're testing it out. We tried testing it out two weeks ago, but we ran into some difficulties. Um, if there's somebody who's successfully done it and wants to share their screen at some point, if we, if this isn't successful, you're, you're more than welcome to jump up here and, and do it for us and, and show us what's going on. Um, but yeah, let's, let's give it a go. I will use this seller and now I'm going to buy Monero. Mm -hmm. Let's see what happens. I, I read about, uh, this process, um, takes up to, up to three hours. So. We will just start now and I will later report if it has worked or not. But as you can see, it always fails somehow. Um, hmm. This is the 18th beta version. Uh, last uh, two weeks ago, we were on number version, uh, version number 17. Yeah. Okay. And it failed so, again? Uh, let's see. Um, there was a some release notes. I screenshotted them earlier. So they updated the Monero version to the latest version. Um, and it has improvements on the connect network connectivity over Tor mm -hmm. and some bug fixes. Like uh, they had uh, a fix in the UI settings. But as you can see, when I go to the settings, nothing appears anymore. So for me, the new version is even worse than the old one. Huh. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, like I said, anybody out there that's successfully doing atomic swaps on Samurai that's down to share their screen and show us a successful swap, we'll, we'll, we'll pay you for it. We'll, we'll pay you back. I'll give you, I'll give you the, uh, well, actually, you can just swap it to yourself, obviously, but I'll, I'll tip you anyway if you do it because uh, not for some sure. reason we're not having luck. I'm not sure what's happening, but it doesn't seem to work. But um, I set everything up like hmm. um, in the instructions. And what 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 I, was the process to set things up? I mean, you just have like what did you do from? So I had to download um, the Samurai um, XMR BTC swap GUI from their repo. Mm, where is it? I think I have it somewhere here. So you go to their release page mm -hmm. and look for their newest release. It's code.samurai.io and the project's name is Comet Swaps Java. Then I have downloaded uh, the Mac version. I checked the hashes and then I got uh, this folder. I go to lib and run app.jar and that's what we are seeing here mm -hmm. yeah i think it's still not stable and still not working now does it have to download um do you know are you basically running a full monero node and a full bitcoin node at the same like don't you need to be running those to to do these swaps no uh it's connecting to remote uh, nodes Okay, so they have they have remote nodes set up, so people that do this don't need to be running full full Bitcoin and Monero nodes to do this. No. Okay. Yeah, because like I said, we we had Basic Swap on yesterday, and to run their client, you have to at this point, at this stage, you have to be running a full Bitcoin and full Monero node uh, on you know on your on your own to do it. They don't have uh, a way to uh, do it with free modes yet. They're working on that. 
Yes. All right. Well, we can move on. For unfortunately, we ran into an issue again, but we'll, we'll get it. We'll keep trying. This is good. This is good. I mean, this is this is real, right? This is real. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you're having if you're having an issue, then I imagine uh, I, I most certainly would have an issue. So um, we'll we'll figure it out at some point live on the show, and uh, we could test we could test basic swaps too. Maybe you could do that one on the next Dev Report next time you come on. That would be yes. interesting yes. too. And then there's even unstoppable swap. These are even other guys, right? So let's start with the dev report. So I show you a project, uh, TipXMR, which I am involved as well, as you can see here. So TipXMR started um, in 2020 and is uh, three and a half years old now. And it's a project for streamers like you are Douglas with uh, Monerotopia or, or Monero Talk. Imagine having a QR code or a banner in your show where it says, go here and tip it, uh, with Monero. And you go to tipxmr slash Monerotopia. And then you can, as a viewer, you can uh, enter a message and then you can send a tip with Monero and it will show up in the live stream. Like that's a typical thing you see on Twitch or, or YouTube live streams. Now, is is it up and running? Because we're literally trying to build this right now. I have somebody working on on this project. Um, I think it's a slightly you know different approach. But yes. Oh, really? So, do you have someone working on something? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, do. I never tried. I never ended up getting around to uh, trying out the Luke Smith one, but that one hasn't. Um... I don't even know if it works. Um, yeah, we're, we're we're starting something uh, from scratch. Basically, um, we have somebody who's going to give it a go. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what he can do. I don't want to say um, his name yet. The browser window, like widget for OBS on the housing, because that's a typical way to do it. No, 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 no. We're we're going to do a, a workaround way. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't want. I don't want to go into detail yet, just because I want to see see what we we come up with first. But it should be a pretty simple MVP. Uh, that would effectively allow us to do it, uh, maybe not in the in the best form, but yeah, this this one that you're presenting here. So the does this where where would the tips show up? Like how would they be viewed? Um, expl explain a little bit more. And is it is it currently functioning? Could could somebody get this up and running right now? No, it's uh, not working yet. It's okay. uh, still in early development stage. Even okay. after three years, uh, that's because we restarted the project uh, two times and my friend Alex he was on Monero talk as well he oh love Alex yeah he's great yeah Alex is awesome he he was so motivated so uh, a few days ago he started to do all the work by himself mm -hmm. and uh, he's really motivated and now we want uh, we're starting again to work on it and I brought you a video from Alex, who demos um, the actual thing we have right now. Are you ready? Oh, okay. Tell, tell us what's going on. Wait, t tell us. Uh... Uh, yes, um, now you're a streamer registering at um, TipXMR. So it first creates a wallet for you. And this wallet is not on the server. It's fully non-custodial running in your browser. That's uh, because we are using Monero TypeScript, which is a library that contains uh, the Monero Wasm wallet. So it's a 
full wallet inside of the browser running in the background. So now you can add uh, things about your stream and then your stream can be found on tipxmr. And you can choose maybe later between a premium plan or a basic plan, which wouldn't cost much. But um, yeah, you will be seeing all streamers registered to tipxmr on one page. And then you can find uh, streamers and, and tip them Monero. And they're and then, here uh, right in, in the show, yeah. So there's no okay, kind so of overlay that's being used for this at all. Like, yeah, how, how, how is the, you know, so let's say somebody sent, you know, I, I registered a tip XMR. Um, somebody could find the tip XMR page that I have. When they send that tip and comment, how is it being displayed on my live stream? So tip XMR will generate a link. And with that link, you go into your OBS and add a new browser overlay. Oh, and see, that's what I was asking before. Okay, so it's um, using where OBS. I think Doug said his is not like that, but yours is using the OBS browser overlay, which is the standard way to do it, to be completely mm -hmm. fair. That's the standard way. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm curious uh, to hear about whatever solution uh, will come from, from you and whoever this person you're working with, Doug. Yeah, I mean, ours is... is uh simpler this is actually this is actually this this is interesting so it's good to see that there's progress going on here uh maybe we have to you know reach out to you guys mm. so we, or uh, people can just switch yeah. to uh free software which is obs it is it does it does take uh, a little bit to set up and you don't have the same like platform like you do with Streamyard. like you'd have mm. to facilitate having people come on and off stage in a different way yeah but, yeah 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 yeah. okay uh, we we could do it also much more easy when we would run the wallet on the server. Uh, TipXMR would already already be shipped like this, but uh, we wanted to have the maximum freedom for all of our users. So mm -hmm. we are going the non-custodial way. Yeah, I think we're going to go a different we're going to go a different route and make it kind of more user user friendly. Um, but not not as pure in terms of you know running your running your own wallet. Um, we shall see. Very cool, man. I, I love that you guys now picked it back up and are are running with it. Yes. Yeah, that's a really it's, awesome project. Yeah. Yes. It's happening, guys. Yes. So next topic. Here is another project. It's called uh, Test Drop from Laretoy. I don't know how to pronounce uh, this. Um, you see, it's an active development, and it's also a peer-to-peer -peer marketplace for Monero. It's not ready yet, but it's been actively worked on. I just wanted to show it to you. What is this one called? Oh, the Narrow Shop. Yep, we've heard of this one. Mm -hmm. um, as soon as uh, they... Now, does, will... is Nar Narrow Shop is trying to actually be like decentralized? Yes. Very cool. So we'll have an eye on this project... So next one is Haveno. Um, they had a pre-release, um, and I have it running here. We can start it up. Oh, yeah, I'm really glad to see Haveno has uh, gotten more development. Okay. Uh-oh. It seems like it's damaged. Oh, right. No, I, I think I have to do... Did you download the Linux binary? Oh, no, 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 no. Let me just uh, copy this. And now we should be able to start Haveno. Yes. Have you ever seen Monero and Haveno running? Uh, we had them present at Monerotopia, uh, but I, ha I have not uh, 
no, I have not tried it out myself. So it's always connecting over the Tor network, just like this. I really like this. So it awesome. Uh, you are real IPs. are primarily a fork of BISC, right? Yes. I think the main three things you can say about it, uh, which things are different from BISC, is that uh, Monero obviously is the base currency for every other uh, trade. It's like currency. so much like superior. That's such a huge improvement. Yeah. And you don't have the DAO. There's no BISC Monero token or anything like this. And yes, I think it's uh, superior. And this is how it looks, yeah. There's nice. not oh, much going on. Net. Yeah, stage net. Stage net. And just to explain to everybody, so this is going to allow people to trade peer-to-peer uh, Bitcoin for Monero and I guess whatever other coins eventually get added. Uh, yeah. By putting putting the buyer and the seller together, it's not it's not an atomic swap. It's uh it it, it goes through escrow, correct? Yes, it's like um just like BISC, you know, it's uh, it has even uh, fiat trading pairs, which makes it a popular choice for uh, fiat on and off ramps peer to peer, no centralized exchange involved. Yeah. Yeah. So some, something like this is actually more more akin to like a local Monero than really uh, like we saw what what Samurai Wallet was doing with atomic swaps. Mm, yes, I, if, but if I think I here here it's even more built into the protocol as well. Mm-hmm. So there's no company behind this software. You know, you can run it right. even if nobody will run it. You can still run it. Right, and then you have, and then you have mediators that are are part of the ecosystem that mediate the the escrow, correct? Not sure about that. I think in BISC it's like you have to pay down some amount in Bitcoin, which you cannot trade, but it's like it's here for if you if you are cheating, they will um, take the Bitcoin you you locked in into the protocol. So you will lose more than you gain from your uh, cheating or theft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, know, I never used, I've never used BIS, so I'm not entirely mm-hmm. sure on how that's operating. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's thought, different for Habino. I don't know. I just know for BIS, yeah. you have to pay down some Bitcoin as insurance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for part of the um, the bond. Yeah. Right, but is there, are there mediators then involved? Or it's it's kind of all automatic. I think there's mediators. No, now. they have people. Yep, this yeah. does. Yeah, yeah. Very cool, man. Very cool. Maybe uh, once that's when, when does that go live? I don't think they have said when they are going live. It's got to be close. I don't, mm. I don't know what they're still what they're still working on at this point. All right. All right well, exciting. Next topic: Cake Wallet. So Cake Wallet had a release uh, almost two weeks ago. For, uh, for Cake Wallet and Monero.com Wallet, but uh, we don't know much anything than bug fixes. But they have a pre-release, which isn't uh, released officially on the App Store and Play Store yet, but you can find it here on GitHub. And Oh, yeah, you might they've... be talking about this real quick. So um, we have... So, so the improved wallet recovery and air to- tolerance. So there's been some issues uh, with people, especially related to background sync. 
where the wallet ends up getting corrupted and it has to sync from zero again, which is incredibly frustrating when opening a wallet. It's like syncing from zero, partially due to the background sync of the OS killing the app too fast. Um, so we've enhanced this in two ways. So now the app itself, Cake Wallet itself, makes individual backups for every wallet after you've opened it successfully. So it has internal backups. So if there's corruption, it should restore to uh, a previous known good version. So you shouldn't have to resync from zero. And then two, um, background sync has been enhanced a little bit, but there's also an option on Android when you turn background sync on. It'll request, and you don't have to turn this on if you want, but it'll request to give Cake Wallet unrestricted battery, which will prevent Cake Wallet from constantly being closed by the OS. And it'll actually keep your wallet synced pretty much all the time um, with the aggressive setting. Not that it's running in the background all the time, but anytime it does go to background sync, it'll sync up all the way. So background sync is much more effective. Unfortunately, on iOS, uh, this is not going to be the case because iOS is incredibly restrictive in what apps are allowed to um, run in the background long term. And you have to request to Apple um, to get these kind of permissions. But for Android users, background sync is much improved. Is it still syncing in the background if you're on battery and not on the wall? Uh, it depends on the setting. So if you're on unobtrusive, it has to be charging and it has to be idle. But if you set it to aggressive, it will uh, basically sync whenever. Uh, but we're soon, soon, uh, not sure if it's in the next update or be later, but soon we're going to improve the backup system and give you full granular control on the the amount of time it will sync so how often it'll sync and then you'll be able to choose like if it's allowed to sync on battery on data all that kind of stuff awesome i'm really excited to see cake wallet in the wild again this year at Minerotopia and you know Minerujo and some of the others like uh to see how things perform right because it, it was it was interesting to see when there were so many of us trying to use monero at the same time live in you know in a marketplace scenario um the the main issues yeah we were running in with was what with syncing and it was more an internet issue uh people didn't have good internet connections and then good connections to to nodes so we're really going to try to focus on that for Minerotopia to to make it a successful you know two days where people are seamlessly transacting um I'm looking forward to seeing that again in the wild. Yeah, I, I mean, one that is one of the downsides of Monero right now is that you have to, I mean, you know, a lot of other cryptos, but um, mm -hmm. you have to, you know, sync if you want to have full uh, custodialship over your over your funds. you got to sync yourself. And with Monero, it's intensive because it's got to check all the transactions to see if it's yours. Uh, so hopefully in the, in the future with that new view key, it'll make using a Lightwalt server much more accessible to people. Mm -hmm. um, but... I'm excited for Monero Nodo and that being an easy way to run a light wallet server. And hopefully we'll have LWS built into Cake Wallet uh, by the time those are those are being shipped and stuff. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, is that is that is that on, it's on the list, right? It's on the to do list. Adding it is, it is, yeah. It's something okay. that uh I've, I've talked to Vic about. Yeah, get that going, man. Come on. Work your magic behind the scenes. Um, yeah, so so at the conference, right? So we're thinking we're thinking one of the things that could help is that we have right our own local uh, own Monero nodes running there locally that people can connect to. That sh that should help things alleviate things a little bit, right? If we have nodes nearby up and running, not clogging the internet because everyone's trying to sync all at the same time. <laughs> Right, what I'm saying doing connect, it locally. connecting locally, right? Wouldn't yeah. that be an improvement? Oh, yeah, that would be okay. way yeah. faster, way better. Yes. So we'll, we'll have that at the conference, uh, local nodes running, um, and that, that should help us out a little bit. 
Awesome. Cool. Next awesome. topic. Uh, what, yeah, what else you got? Otari. Otari, yeah. Um, when? 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 Two weeks. Yeah, when, Two weeks. When might mean it? Yeah, soon. Soon, TM. <laughs> so they have announced it's uh, almost uh, three weeks ago that soon they will hit uh, their launch. Yeah, we can almost touch it. And <laughs> this is why I have looked at um, the GitHub and what they are doing. So they have already a release candidate uh, for their version 1.0. So I have downloaded uh, this suite. Uh, they call it suite. And it um, that suite contains um, a wallet, a merge mining proxy, a very miner. Ex- very excited about the merge mining. Yeah. And that merge mining is happening with the Monero mainnet mm-hmm. chain. So they are using uh, the security of the Monero network for their network. And I think that's a very uh, clever idea because it's a new project. And for the beginning, it's good to uh, be with a secure chain. Yeah. That's so cool. Atari is going to also merge mine. What was the other one that said that recently? Was it DarkFi? DarkFi, yes. yeah. DarkFi, yeah. okay. So DarkFi uh, and Atari. Yeah, very, very exciting. So it's going to be interesting to see when Tari launches, are we going to see an uptick in Monero hash rate, right? And if we do, that's very promising and exciting for this concept that of merge mining bringing more hash power to Monero as somebody who may have not been mining Monero, but they're into, you know, they, they, they want to start mining Tari and they're going to be mining Monero simultaneously. Does that then bring uh, more hash power to, to the Monero network, which is certainly something we can use making and making Monero mining more profitable, right? Because now you're mining Monero and simultaneously mining Tari and DarkFi. Um, I think I think it's very exciting to see how how that plays out, and if it if plays out in that direction, it's going to just be kind of like one one le- one other box that gets checked for Monero in terms of things we need to do, right? So big on strengthening each other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how do you guys think it's going to play out that way? I hope so. Yes, I, yeah, I don't see why not, right? Can you guys explain what Tari? Yeah. What what its aim is? It's it's not easy for me to to understand and explain. I don't know. I, I, it's been years since I spoke to them, but I mean, it's kind of like it's kind of like an Ethereum, uh, you know, a, a private a private a private based Ethereum. I'm sure the target people would kill thing, kill me for saying that. Like, uh, yeah, an EVM based project. Yeah. But honestly, it's been it's been too long since I've <laughs> interviewed them or looked at it. That I kind of you know uh, forgot what it's doing other than the, the other than the merge mining part. But it's going to so, allow for simple right simple smart contracts. Um, easy, it's going to be easy to to launch uh, NFTs on Tari. Um, it's you know it's it's going to be essentially easy to to build applications on it versus something like Monero that's just purely digital cash. They're making it a protocol that you can build on top of and build apps on. Uh, one of the use cases they've always talked about from day one is like ticketing. So the ability to build uh, like uh, launch and sell sell tickets um, using using Tari, so which I guess is similar to an NFT. Um, but that's that's a use case that they're always talking about. But yeah, I, 
the elevator. I don't know what the elevator pitch is these days for Tari. I tried to run the node. So first of all, I started uh, the Tor client on my machine here, and then we can start um, the node. And it looks like this when you start up. I think it's um, funny. And yes, then it uh, will start to seek for connections and peers. Mm. I ran a Tari node like four or five years ago, hmm. and it worked back back then, but it doesn't seem to find connections right now. And I already mined some uh, Tari testnet uh, coins, and I bought a T-shirt with it. And the T-shirt, you could buy it inside of the iOS and Android wallet and i can show to you um the wallet here on my phone as well so let's open up tari and let's create a new wallet and have a look at the ui ux i think it's really a nice wallet and it has nice animations and it makes a very premium feeling if it wouldn't crash let's try this again Oh, I see you, Mr. Graffino as man of culture. <laughs> How did you know that it's Graffino as? I'm just assuming. But you've got the default black wallpaper, so. Oh, yeah. And I think it's saw Vanadium. By the way, you might want to turn... So you're on a Pixel 8. You might have... Do you have memory tagging turned on in the settings? Yes. Okay, you might want to turn that off for Tari if it's crashing or getting frozen. If you go to the... Well, you can go to the individual app settings on Tari. Like, if you tap and hold on it. Or, yeah, do that. There you go. Oh, it is disabled. It's disabled by default. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not disabled. using that. Uh, of course, I tested this uh, before the show, and then it worked. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, no, it's working. Maybe. It's not. <laughs> you should see a really nice uh, address. It's generating with emojis. Yeah. Unfortunately. Get Fluffy um, Pony on to talk about Tari again. Yeah. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure we will at some point. We'll get the, somebody from the Tari team. I, I mean, I interviewed them numerous times now over the course of, you know, over the years. They, they started this project a while ago. I mean, that's the thing that they, they missed the NFT craze, right? So obviously it's still there, but they, they kind of missed the, the craziness of when it was NFTs. Like I thought that's when Tari was going to launch because it's really aiming to be a platform for easily creating NFTs uh, with a privacy-based protocol. Okay, and what I have seen is that P2Pool has a branch which is called Merge Mining and is they're actively working on it. Hmm. Yay, and, uh, that's awesome. They, they are making the ways for Tari Merge Mining. Oh, cool. Pretty nice. They're getting on that Very early. Cool. cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, if I, if I can turn on Tari Mining on my, on my Goopax, uh, I'll, I'll, certainly, I'll certainly click that button. Maybe try clearing the, uh, the app's data. Resetting it, unless you already tried that. I have uninstalled the app and installed it now. I see. By the way, I saw people in the chat saying, uh, any success with getting Goopacks up and running? Uh, uh, yes, it should be should be super easy for anybody to do. I mean, I can do it. So yeah, uh, if, you're having, if you're having trouble, uh, jump up on the show during viewers on stage. Um, we can talk you through it. But simple as downloading, running, running the client, gets up and running, piece of software. And then you just have to click the start button on. First, you have to enter your Monero address. Uh, 
click the start button on P2 pool and then click the start button on XMR rig. And that's it. You just let it run. All right. Well, this ain't working. All right. Yep. Any, any, anything seems... else? No, that's it. That All right, man. The death report. That was, that was great. That was great. You covered a lot. Um, looking forward to having you on again. Maybe, uh, yeah, whenever, whenever you're ready to jump on again. I'm sure that there's always development happening. Unfortunately, experimental software do be like that sometimes. Yeah, my demos are not really working. <laughs> but, but at least the report from what happened in the last two weeks is correct. Well, what I, what I like about your demos is they're real, right? Like, so uh, it, you're, you're somebody who's trying to get this stuff working. So it's just showing you where things currently really are at, right? It's not, it's not a demo being performed by the, you know, the person Steve behind Jobs. the project. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> you're, you're a user trying to use it. So it's more shows a problem with the, with the project than, than, than you, right? Where that, where, that these things aren't working yet. Right. Um, thank you, man. Yeah, yeah thanks for the housing. All right, yeah. we'll Next we'll time. keep we'll keep moving. All right, so unfortunately, our guest is not coming on. He's he told me he's unable to make it today. Oh, so it's all right. It's all right. We uh we've had a jam packed show already. Anyway, we could move to viewers on stage. Yes, uh, I will. However, run the guest segment real quick. So uh, let's do that. The Mineratopia guest segment is sponsored by Cake Wallet Store. Send, receive, and exchange of Monero and Bitcoin safely on iOS and Android too. Cake Wallet is open source, and you always control your own keys. Uh, I do want Alrighty, to, I do everybody's want to, our uh, special guest. Show this tweet because I thought it was really funny, and I know you'll have something to respond to it, Doug. I don't know if you saw this one from us uh, from Samurai Dev. Oh, mm, what does he say now? What does he say? I can't read it from okay, there. The only yeah. thing worse than seeing BTC Maxi celebrate yesterday is seeing XMR compliance oh God, fruits yeah. throw a party today. Who was lucky enough to pick up some XMR at 100 yesterday? Quoting Vic without quote tweeting him. Uh, yeah. When are you all going to kick your USD fiat habit? Time for all you all to check into a clinic. Shut the shut the <laughs> fuck up. Like, like he's like, you could never be as cool as T Dev. Like, like, like it's just so lame. It's just so. Yeah, it's, it's like so a lame. god complex. He, it's not even. A, I think he he because he's not he's not all Monero, right? He's still a Bitcoin guy, but he wants to be the Monero guy, but he just like doesn't have the balls to do it. So, but he's like trying to act like the tough guy. But you're you're a Bitcoin guy. You're well, this is what play, Bitcoin's all about, right? You're like, still playing around with Bitcoin. So, like, just just. Shut the fuck up and move over to Monero or just, you know, stop, you know, he's, he's like literally jealous of the fact that Monero people get to be the cypherpunks. And uh, I don't know. He, it's that, like ragging on the one time that Monero people actually do care about price. I mean, it's very it's a very obvious, yeah. easy investment. Like this is like a, you know, it, whatever. I just thought that was like, like, why would it, why wouldn't you want to grab some Monero with fiat? Like, like it's. Like we're in compliance routes, we're happy because Monero's not compliant and it's being delisted. That's the whole point. Yeah, you know, so. you, you can't win with that guy. No matter what your take is, it's it's you know you're a normie, you're a noob. He he's the he's the only cypherpunk in the world. Yet you know he still uses Monero. I mean, he still uses Bitcoin, and he and he promotes that you know he rather people. I, I don't even know what his take is. I don't even know what what is his take. Like why isn't he why isn't he all Monero? I don't get it. If he's like Mr. Mr. Super Cypherpunk, why isn't the guy 100% Monero? I, I don't really understand his, his take. I don't get it. Did you ever uh, have any of the samurai people on the show? 
I know you said you tried to get him on. No, I had the other samurai guy who was very nice. I had him on the show. He was great. He was great. Um, but I don't know. I guess I'm I'm on their shit list, right? For whatever reason, because I'm not <laughs> good for their marketing. I don't I don't I don't know. Or maybe I'm not on the shit. List. Maybe it's just T Dev. I think the thing is too. It's kind of like good cop, bad cop. So like they're like, oh, that's just T Dev. He he does what he wants, you know. But that he doesn't represent the company. He's just a wild man out there saying things. Very wild. <laughs> so it's like they can never be held accountable for what T Dev says. Uh, and then their their position, I think, as a company is different than T Dev's. I believe. I don't know. I can't follow it. It's just I was getting like, and you see tweets like that, and you're gonna res- you want to respond, but like he's literally he's successful in his ability to silence people and chill speech because nobody wants to say anything because it's just like then like his. Yeah, then his hundred, like, you know, his his followers um, then, you know, come at you. His his brainwashed followers who think they're all base. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> I do think Samurai is like a, a cool like... case in seeing how people are starting to realize the utility of Monero. But yes, we... feel we, like we, it's, we... they're on the way there, right? Yeah, they're on the way there. And we love that they're doing it. But you don't have to, like be so insecure as you're doing it like you know just just get rid of the insecurities you're you're not the most badass people in the world you're you're just not um all right so, all right uh, anybody want to come up on stage i'll run viewers on stage real quick and then i'll bring yeah. you all up it's the viewers on stage segment it's that time where we invite you the viewers up on stage to comment on anything you've heard so far today ask the guest a question or maybe talk about one of the news topics Come on down. Anyone, let me know if you want to be brought up on stage, and I will bring. How's you up. my mic, Hello, guys? You sound good, sir. Nice cup. Not, not to mention they were even they were even attacking a, a Alaskanon, the the oh, samurai really? crew. <laughs> yeah, they're like, and you got that guy from Alaska living in the <laughs> woods. I don't know. I don't even know what they said. He's like, okay, man. As far as, ex- <laughs> as far as exchange compliance, I complied when uh, when Monero dropped or whatever. I complied with my local Monero seller and got some Monero. Nice. <laughs> you're you're compliant. You're I, I don't see the, the samurai guys edging. They're basically like edging when it comes to Monero. Before they were kind of like, yeah, Monero, Monero's okay. And then they started saying like, like okay, well, you know, we're going to have some, we're going to have a uh, uh, ability to do swaps with, with Monero. Whoa, that was, that was a pissed yeah. a lot of people off <laughs> with the yeah. Bitcoin. I can't remember who said it, but somebody earlier in the show was talking about local Monero, and they said something about uh, trading USDC for Monero. And there's not a direct trading pair for it, but what you do is you go on local Monero and click on cryptocurrency, and that will give uh, people who are willing to sell different crypt- different other cryptos for Monero. And a lot of them um, will do like BTC and BCH and ETH and USDC and USDT um, or some of them will just do any crypto, but I, I used a USDC on Polygon and bought Monero with it when the price dropped. Or if nice. somebody wants, people are asking how to join the, the people are asking how to join the live stream. Yeah, you, got, you just have to click on the Streamyard link for guests. Um, I just posted it up here. We put it. We put it in the chat. It's on Monero uh, Town. We we tweeted it out. It's on Monero Town. It's just a Streamyard link. You click it. And you're, you'll be, uh, we'll have to bring you up on stage, but it's as simple as that. You don't need to create an account or anything. So super easy. So with this Binance situation, part, part of the, the context that I think that I, I remember for so long was with Monero people getting really riled up about was this paper Monero 
situation and the you know basically the the, the um, fract fractal reserve um, of, of that we assume that they're playing games and there, there are all these games being played by these big exchanges that were suppressing um, Monero price. And I'm curious now if there's thoughts on how with, with removal of Binance, if that's going to put some kind of end to price suppression and if we can forecast any kind of change in terms of the upper limits or what Monero can do going forward. There, there's one problem with the thesis of like the reverse suppression. Okay. And that's people who understand Austrian economics always think in terms of the supply and demand. But the problem is, is you have to keep in mind the counterparty risk. And one of the biggest problems with people thinking in terms of dollar denomination is you can push the price down in dollar terms infinitely if you can produce an infinite number of dollars. And I think we have basically solidly confirmed Body's theory that they, that their price manipulation games went on forever. And it's my belief that at some point they found like a deep pocket backer to basically cover their losses to close their Monero windows forever. And if... If that thesis holds true, we should be able to find evidence in the not too distant future that Binance is getting liquidity injections from. If I were to guess, it's probably somebody directly owned by a banking institution, like a company that would be directly owned by a banking institution that does not have to report to shareholders at that company level, even if the bank holds shares that company probably does not have shareholders. So if somebody can get access to the books, uh, and remember that you can do all kinds of financial wizardry to put off reporting where you got money for a given period of time. But I would imagine within the next year and a half or so, we'll be able to see a massive injection of liquidity that doesn't have a value or an exchange attached to it or some kind of phony looking trade where they got the, the, the dollar financing to cover their losses on the Monero. Um, And that will be the confirmation that body was right. And that the banks basically covered the losses of Binance to do this. Um, But we, we will see. Now, the thing is, is that does not then mean that you are going to see pegged prices on the internet for what Monero is worth. But on the flip side, you know, if somebody wants to have some random Alaskan male cover their losses, um, I heard you can still sell your Monero at $160 for one XMR. And that's just some rumors floating around. There are people that you can reach out to if you have a excess pool of Monero and you want to exchange that for 160 which is still the going price everywhere I go up here. So um, because people who don't use exchanges because their privacy is worth more than $60, um, they're happy to meet the actual, the actual price of Monero. You're saying we can arbitrage against the, uh, the price in Alaska? <laughs> yes, you can. And the funny thing is, is you're not arbitraging against the people who want the Monero because that's what Monero is worth to them. The arbitrage is against the exchanges, because if these people are going to claim that you can purchase Monero for that price, then they have to put up Monero at that price. 
And, um, you know, one of the examples throughout history, though, remember when they were trying to push the price of oil down and push the price of oil down and all of these commodities exchange shorts all of a sudden had to take delivery on all of the oil. Does anybody remember that? They had to lease barges. They had to buy tanks. They had to do and they spent tens of millions of dollars leasing tanks for oil that had no demand. Does anybody remember that? Like, this is not the first time that these people had literally just printed the dollar into oblivion in order to mint, in order to manipulate prices. Now, covering the losses on a company like Binance is chump change to them. But you can't hide the evidence forever. And we will see it if my thesis holds true. But there is no when? way that something has, that has the kind of money velocity lost that kind of value in dollar-denominated terms unless somebody with a huge supply or possibly an infinite supply of dollars was willing to cover those losses. Otherwise, Binance's books are going to look absolutely atrocious at the end of this. When is, uh, when is Monero going to have its GameStop moment? I'm sure T-Dev would say that's to- totally cringe to say, but... Uh... <laughs> Oh why? Yeah. When are the people gonna, you know, stand up and it, it would be imagine imagine the GameStop version of you know the Monero the GameStop moment for Monero would would be a, such a beautiful thing, right? If somebody wants to respond um, to that, I'll shut up. But I just want to point out it just did because GameStop the real news was not the dollar price; it was closing the exchange in one direction. Okay. It was it was the the curtain being pulled away from the Wizard of Oz, right? You know, a couple of little totos found out that somebody was naked and they pulled back the shower curtain. Well, we saw it again, right? So the thing is, is it's not on the dollar side, and and we're starting to see cracks in other places that are much larger than our 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 burgeoning community here in Monero. Um, you're starting to see interviews with gentlemen like Vladimir Putin coming on talking about the futility of using the dollar as a weapon because you undermine the value of the dollar. But he's saying things that people already know, right? And and the thing is, that I you know, a lot of people trying to prop the guy up is like, he's he's, you know, on our side or whatever. It's like, no, no, he's another one of them, right? I'm sure he has his own motivations and his own goals and everything. But the thing is, is uh, like the people who hold dollars have already began their escape to the point where they've padded their books. So they're going to be fine if they take a huge loss. And now it's being leaked to the public. Oh, by the way, the dollar is being used as a weapon. But uh, and that's one of the reasons why gold maintains its position all throughout history is because gold has a unique value proposition, which is its lack of a counterparty risk, right? If you hold dollars, then that means you're holding a debt instrument. If you're holding a debt instrument, then somebody has to pay that debt. Well, we already know that the debt is larger than the number of the instruments. So eventually somebody has to hold the bag. If you hold physical gold, Nobody else is holding the bag and you are not counting on somebody to pay a debt that they can't pay, but introduce the commodities exchange, right? We just saw them cash out their paper Monero. 
right? They just gave up on their commodities exchange. They can't prop it up anymore. And that, and what that means, in my opinion, is the the money velocity is expected to become too high. I don't think it is now. Um, in fact, I think it's way far away from being right now. But I think too many people who engage in this kind of activity, they see the writing on the wall. If they are the exchange that is doing the paper Monero thing, it is far too much risk for them to keep trying to mess with the price, right? It's because either somebody has to cover their losses and they're on the hook for finding those losses being covered, or they have to get out of the game completely. I think that the controllers are basically giving up on that strategy and they're trying to find a different one. And this is what, for months now, especially whenever body's on, I've been saying that we have overwhelming evidence that they are moving too quickly. They're afraid of something because they would never make moves this fast. They would never give up these kinds of tools unless something was wrong. And I think between the debt collapse and the effect that that'll have on the dollar, and I think with the burgeoning parallel economy situation, that they're looking for other strategies and they're burning their tools to try to buy time. They're, they're watching the Monerotopia live stream reviews go up. They're like, oh my God, they broke 50. They're hitting 100. Ban, ban, ban. Um, I, I want to give give some new people a chance to say say some things. Uh, who do we got here? We got uh, Nazar, Nazar V. What's going on? Are you there? Are you there? Who else do we have? We have Coding, Coding Cowboy. Cowboy. I've never seen him. Coding Cowboy. What's going on, man? Not much. I haven't been on here in a long time, so I decided to jump on. It'll seem kind of lively today. All right. Well, what do you got? What are you thinking? What's on your mind? Oh, nothing. Just being antagonistic. The <laughs> trolls antagonize us go ahead <laughs> well you're not the trolls the trolls won't come on oh yeah <laughs> i know that that's the thing about a troll right they just hide in the background and, and troll yeah. come on anon mon it's talking all the talking up a lot in the comments you know not coming on to debate body yeah afterwards now here's a question um i've been reading two things with this binance delisting about what monero should be worth one theory is something called Metcalf's Law, which says that you take, I guess, the number of transactions and square it, and then, I guess, divide it by the Oh, yep. Uh, we looked of... at that uh, during the price report earlier. Right. Now, my, my question is, when I do that math, and I take, say, 21,000 transactions, square that, and divide that by 18,400,000, basically, which is how many Monero exist, you end up getting a number like 23 point something. Like 23, and if that's the case in dollars, that would be really bad. Now, when I do that same thing with like 55,000 transactions, because I see like spikes of 50, 55,000 on the charts, when I do it with 55,000, I see what I expect to see. And the other thing I've heard was that something to the effect of the dollar isn't your multiplier. That's where you're going. Oh, what am I doing wrong? The dollar is not your multiplier. So, what is that 23 that you get when you take? 21,000 square it and then divide it by 18.4 million to get the, from the thing of Monero. The, so Metcalf's law is a formula, but then you would have to do the same with whatever you're trying to compare it against, okay? Mm-hmm. And then 
the the difference between those two sets your okay. right so it, it's giving you a number but it's a number it's not necessarily a representation in fiat terms of, of what that yeah, value you, is you have oh, a multiplier okay. but the, the reason why you're getting 22 is because the dollar is not your multiplier you would have to take the same equation and then you would have to do it against the dollar the problem is is there's mm-hmm. no way to use metcalf's law with the dollar because it's all voodoo bullshit numbers anyway they don't actually right. report how many dollars are in circulation and then you have to remember that dollar-based instruments like bonds or lines of credit are also being used in the dollar so when they do metcast law they use a small portion of the actual total number of dollars that are being circulated i mean just this commercial banks alone you have a factor of 100 over the actual available cash deposit Right, so it's the I I could do it for you real quick. I'll see if I can find something. Yeah, if Baldy wants to jump up again and make a comment on that, I'm going to go ahead and remove Nazar V from the stage. Um, Hello, hello. Wait, hold up, hold up, man, hold up, hold up, hold up. Oh, that's slave blocker. Um, I think. Yes, slave blocker, you're there. Hold up, hold up, man. Um, uh, let's let's let uh Mateo speak. I don't think I think he's new, right? I don't think we've had him up. Yeah, I think he's new. Mateo, you there? You are muted, by the okay, way. Okay, can you hear me now? We hear you. All right, great. Okay, I'm actually the guy on the chat. There was another name, Stemulite, asking about the the Jupax. Is that the name of the program that uh, does the mining via Gupax? Gupax. That's it. It's actually a cool program, but I'm I'm having trouble getting uh, getting it to tell me the status properly. Hmm. Uh, and I see that there's a path. There's a section there where you enter a path, it says, to get the status to work properly. I ran it for days and, and didn't get any payout. It didn't. It looked like it was mining. It was giving me the, the regular feedback and everything on the screen. But, but you know. Now, not, did, did, you, did you start? So you, you entered a Monero wallet address, correct? That's right. Correct. All right. And then you, you started the P2 pool, right? With the, right. With, the play, with the little play button. Did you mm-hmm. also start the Monero miner? Uh, meaning, uh, uh, am I running my own node or using a local or a, a remote node? Well, okay, yeah, yeah. So I guess that's the first question. Do you have any other Monero related? Like, are you running the Monero client on your computer, or are you just running? Google I'm Pops? running. I've got the. I have the Monero wallet the, that I download off of Git Monero. Okay. Whatever it is, the, the wallet. You know the. the yeah, 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 yeah. And so, the wallet. But- wallet used to mine properly but now i can't get that one to run either hmm. it, it, it's interesting I, I i it would it would work on the solo mode but not on the p2p mode so i just uh, okay but so so within gupax though uh-huh. um when you go to the xmr rig tab you you've started the you started it up there so you're mining with xm xm rig yeah right at this very moment it's not i've got it i've got it stopped and uh, there's a, you know, you can, if it doesn't hook up right, then it wants to ignore for 600 seconds. Mm. So uh, I can, I can try starting it again right now. I go ahead and I'm all, I'm set up in there. I've got the local host is recognized. So it says, and it just starts and it's, it starts getting negative type things. Uh, loop started. Yeah. Banned for 600 seconds. So it wants to wait. Because it's not recognizing it, something it's not recognizing. And this is in the advanced mode. You're supposed to use the advanced mode because you're going to try to use your own, your local node. I'm maybe, not, maybe, 
maybe yeah. try to just get it up and running initially without without going that route. Yeah, I did. I did. Okay. I tried the. Uh, I, I tried using the uh, uh, hooking up with a remote node, and it's mining. Mm-hmm. And I let it go that way for a couple of days, but not one. Nothing came through. You know, maybe I, maybe I need to let it go more and than a couple of days. It's, it's, it's you just did use five. when you set your Monero wallet. You did use the four address, correct? Because you Absolutely. cannot use a sub address. Okay, that's, good. Just making right. sure. Yeah. For those who are more technical than, than me, I mean, could it be that because he has the, the the Monero client running as well? Could there be some some kind of confusion? I mean, should I shut there? that wallet down? Will it still do it right using the the same uh, wallet address? And how else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you don't you don't yeah. even need you don't need you could be a complete noob. Just download Goop Packs. You don't need any other Monero software running on your computer. You don't need the client. You don't need the GUI. You don't need anything. You could yeah. just you just download the the full Goop Packs Goop Packs package, right. and, but, and then get... but then you'd be running on a remote node. In that scenario, you'd be running on a remote node, correct? But right. it's it's pretty flawless in in how it. Yeah, I'm just trying to get it figured out so that I can run it on my. See, now I see it's it's doing something over there. I, I've been I've been kind of racking my brain about it. I I, I like the I like the uh, the whole thing about Monero. Uh, yeah, well that that's annoying because it was super easy for me. I don't know. Is anybody are, anybody are else can give us some advice? Local, are you running on a local I'm, node? I'm running goo packs off of the remote off a remote the node. The remote node, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Remote, I'm remote, running... uh, remote does happen pretty simple, but to be running your on using your own local node is it requires a path for let me see what that says. Yeah, so that that's where you're getting that's where you're getting caught up, tied up. This is in the advanced tab and it says uh, tie, uh, command arguments, you put it in a wallet, and it says uh, uh, warnings, no color, make sure to set data API path. And local API, so that the status tab will work. Because it's a, it's really a, it's a very simple program. Base. You know, mm-hmm. it, you've got the Jupax, you've got the P, uh, the P2P pool tab, XM rig, and then if you click on status, it literally it gives you your, it gives you your, the, how well your your processor is performing, whether you're using CPU, GPU, you know, then you've got the the, the P2P pool. Tells you how and, many shares you found, all that. But and are you using are you using P two pool or are you using P two pool mini? That's another question. Uh, you know, the, and, that, and that's interesting too because that that is offered in use mini. Uh, uh, yes, but okay, all right. So here, I, I, I'm not on mini. I was on uh, I was on the the main pool, but I have yeah, tried. I have tried because if you're on the if you're on the main pool, there's a good chance you won't find very many shares very often because that's got a lot of hash rate. So uh-huh. you definitely want to use the mini. If oh you're yeah, 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 yeah. I understand that absolutely. Typically, let's just say for for sake of argument, you've got an i5 quad four iMac older units, twelve thousand or two thousand fourteen iMac. Yeah, right? you definitely you're not want to use a mini. You're not running anything else. How often would you do you think you? Uh, on many, probably on many, probably every three or four hours Yeah, on the main and I have on the main basically that. never, but yeah, is, yeah. is this, is the status showing that payouts were made and you're just not seeing it in your no, wallet or there's nothing. It's not showing that anything's running or anything. Now let me see what it is now since I switched to the, since I just switched to the mini, you know, like, like there it's it, it, under miners connected zero. XMR mine zero. I mean, it doesn't. If you look in the Jupax under the P2 pool status, it looks like nothing is hooked up. 
you know. What what did you so did you try it using the remote node way? Did you try did yes, you try that route? I the did, non advanced and, and it looked like it was operating properly, but I let it run that way for a couple of days. Nothing came through, so I figured something's not right. And and and, and running that way it, when you went to check the status, it was blank. Nothing happened. Well, now it tells me. Now it does tell me uptime. Like right now, I've been uptime five minutes seven seconds. But none of as the other as information. Status, as far as status goes, if you don't want to deal with all that API stuff, what you can do is you can go to mini.p2pool.observer uh-huh. and then put your wallet address in there. The Here, one I like in that. Beginning like, hold on. Let me let me write that down. That's mini. What? p2pool.observer. Okay, that will help me a lot. So you can put your address into that, and you don't have to have that data API stuff done. Right, right. Okay, I'll work with that. I don't want to take too much of you guys' time today. you got a great show. I think that you guys are doing awesome work. Man, this guy, you, Alaskan, man. On, this guy Alaskan on that you got, he is spot on in what he's saying about the system, okay? The guy you, you might also perfectly. <laughs> you might he also does. post in the Monero Mining either subreddit or the Monero Mining community on Monero Town because they might be able to help you if you post like screenshots of each of your tabs. They might be able right. to tell you what's going wrong. Okay, I will try that. Appreciate you guys' help. Thank you very much. Yeah, sorry. I, we we need uh we need somebody who could uh, help people. Um, when when they come up here and have these questions, I wish I wish we had the the ability to help you on the spot. Uh, but yeah, if, so, if you post in those forums, you should be you should somebody should be able to help you figure it out. Because yeah, great. I oh, had oh. a uh, I had an idea for like basically financing tech support when it comes to GUI packs. I would be willing to volunteer a couple of like higher end CPUs run twenty four seven and just put the destination address Monero wallet as like the GUI packs tech support. And I think it'd be really interesting to get like a hundred people who have at least more than one computer to just agree to leave it running all day, every day, 24 seven and donate all of the hash power to the GUI packs tech support wallets, you know? Um, and I, I, and I'm totally down and I do that a lot too. Like I'll just set the wallet address to just like random people that I think could benefit from, you know, the problem is a lot of people don't necessarily put their four address in. Um, but I thought that would be kind of a cool idea to just like, you know, we've got a thousand people that will run their computer to just mine for, you know, the tech support people that, and it would snowball, right? The more people they can get it to run properly, the more the people who are mining in the background will put that wallet address in to keep it going. Are you muted, Doug? I'm muted. Uh, sorry about that. Yeah. So Ian is basically saying, uh, what's already been said, but yeah, maybe it's just, you're, you're not mining much because of your computer uh and you weren't using p2pool mini so maybe that's why you weren't seeing the payouts i don't know it should it you should be able to get it up and running pretty easily so good, good luck with that man and uh please jump on again uh once you figure it out let us know maybe next next weekend next show please come back and let us know if you figured it out and uh if you haven't figured it out by then we'll i don't know try to get somebody else to to help you out with that should be should be easy though uh nazar v what's up man how's it going we, 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 we don't hear you. We don't, um, you're cutting in and out a little bit. Now, your video is great, but your audio is not coming through. Audio. Try now. Try now. Try again, homie. Nazar, go ahead. Yeah. No. No yeah. sound. We can't hear you. We can't hear you. Hear you. 
And now I'm getting, uh, I can hear myself now when I talk to hear you. I'm getting talk. an echo. I'm getting, so I'm going to have to mute you. Yeah, if you have a microphone to plug in, that would be ideal. Yeah, yeah, give, give that a shot. Cool. So I just wanted to say one thing about, uh, we were talking about Tari. Um, mm-hmm. So if, if people have been listening for a while, I've been ranting like a lunatic about how modern programmers are deviating from the wisdom that their programming seniors imparted onto them which uh, the, the number one, in my opinion, is the Unix, the Unix philosophy or the Unix principle. And the premise behind that is you try to do one thing and you try to do it well and you try to make it highly integratable. And uh, Tari is following that principle incredibly well, considering that the task that they're trying to engage in undermines it. So in other words, smart contracts are by their very nature, a broad base of function, right? Because you want it to be adaptable, you want it to be something that you can build a wide variety of things on top of. And the Unix philosophy is to try to do one thing and do it well. So they're trying to square a circle, if that makes sense. It's like trying to go really fast, but do it slowly is what I'm getting at. (laughs) And how you tackle that problem in smart contracts is whether or not they're going to sink or swim. And there are a lot of people who understand programming that realize that smart contracts will completely eliminate extremely top-heavy industries like lawfare, politics, right? There are things that smart contracts stand to solve that that would completely revolutionize society okay and how you answer that problem is going to determine the future of humanity it's nothing less than that smart contracts honestly everybody rants and raves about the value of ai but smart contracts are like many orders of magnitude more important to the future of humanity than smart contracts Um, but it's all about your approach it's all about how you handle dealing with a smart contract and more importantly if you don't follow the unix philosophy when you try to solve that problem number one you're going to introduce security issues the farther you de- the farther you deviate from the simplicity of the unix philosophy the more likely you are to in, in, to create massive security problems another good example is the more you deviate from the unix philosophy the harder it's going to be for a novice programmer to use your technology effectively. It's so important that you get this right. And from the little that I can actually analyze in the time that I have, they're doing an excellent job solving that problem. And then the fact that they chose to merge mine with Monero also demonstrates their interest in this because they recognize the same philosophy going on with Monero. And it's one of the reasons why I love Monero. It's also one of the reasons why I don't like people hating on ring signature, right? Because ring signatures is an excellent compromise to maintain the low overhead and the simplicity of Monero. And it's also a great way to use things that have proven their merit rather than use things that have not gotten have not been through the cycle of penetration testing for decades, right? 
the the old models of encryption have stood the test of time before even computers and they continue to stand the test of time so to leave ring ct for unproven technology i'm very against it right uh, maybe one day when it has proven itself i know i'm not alone in this i know repnium's been saying the same thing right and i think he's right and w- when when it comes to tari they're they're doing the same thing but they're also attaching themselves to proven technology they're attaching themselves to a secure blockchain and strengthening both and so they're following that principle of taking one thing that has done what you're trying to do and do it well and building on top of it rather than be reinventing the wheel and pushing it farther and we in Monero have talked about how can we improve adoption how can we improve adoption I believe that if Tari is successful, they will do more to improve Monero adoption than almost everything that the rest of us are doing combined because they stand to improve the value of art and memes and it change economics and politics in a way that will move Monero further faster harder than everything else that we have as an initiative. Now, I'm not saying we should pivot to just backing Tari and everybody go all in on Tari and so on, but we all need to be paying very close attention to are they going to get to the finish line? Is it going to work as intended? And if it does, it will be huge. It'll be huge. Uh, you know, if if they get to the finish line, I'm sure they will get to the finish line. Um, um, I, I don't know. I just feel like there's there's a lot of other projects they're competing with now, but obviously, you know, I, I'm rooting for them uh, mostly because of their dedication to Monero and their promise to to merge mine with Monero. These smart contracts won't work without Monero. Without um, the underlying economics of secure private digital cash, mm-hmm. smart contracts, in my opinion, are worthless because they are more geared towards tyranny than liberty. If you have smart contracts and all of this other stuff, especially with AI coming down the pipeline and all of that, without the preservation of human freedom, which starts with speech and economics, smart contracts only stand to add tyranny to human civilization. But a secure, private, smart contract ecosystem paired with economic freedom, that will be like a huge bonus to freedom and it will it will become an unstoppable juggernaut yeah but i mean we also there might there might be some implementation other implementations that we're going to see of smart contracts effectively on monero itself right and some that are not and you know a, a wide and broad ecosystem will be awesome it's just like i support any private digital cash but monero being that bedrock and the existence of Tari running effectively, doing what it does, means that if people want to be more creative, if they want to do something maybe more programming intense or maybe with more utility, great. But we have in our war chest a smart contract platform, hopefully more than one, right? <laughs> but you know, just Tari alone, if, if just that one gets across the finish line, it stands to increase the value of all the others for the fact that there's not uh, for the fact that there's one immutable hardcore smart contract platform that can do things like one of the things they talk about is t- right mm-hmm. tickets are huge because now you have a way where artists stand to gain on the ecosystem of their performances on the ecosystem of their art and their creativity 
and then that draws them in, right? You know, they, they, the hand that feeds them is our community. Good stuff, good stuff. And yeah, we were talking about Nick Zabo earlier today as potentially being Satoshi, and he's he's one of the first people to talk about smart contracts theoretically before Bitcoin even existed uh, and just how they could revolutionize things. Uh, Nazar, what's going on? Let's try again. No, no, it's not working? Ah. Uh, <laughs> all right, all right. Next time, next time. Slave blocker, what do you got? Uh, hello, hello. Uh, I was thinking about the the thing I said last time about the cost. Well, uh, again, the price of Monero ideally, like, should depend, be a function of of. Uh, firstly, if imagine you mine a block and you have a reward, a premium, of um, of one Monero, right? then one Monero should be a function of the global average cost of mining that block, plus the supply, demand, plus speculation, and the health of the network. But but this is all ideal, like uh, what Alaskanon was saying the other day, that, yes, in ideal terms, let's say Tari merge mines with Monero, or Litecoin merge mines uh, with Monero, then the hash rate goes up. That means the difficulty goes up the cost goes up. If the cost goes up, the price has to go up. So the, I'm very interested to know what's the 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 floor of the Monero price for mining. Uh, but I think it's totally detached. I think it's more a function of supply and demand uh, in in the aspect of Monero. Um, yeah, and the the speculation, and I don't know. I want to. Uh... No, all good, all good points. I want to jump to Drunk Dial Me. I don't know if he's uh, looking to actually jump on or if he's just listening in. Drunk Dial Me, you, you there? Me? Hey, what's going he on, is. man? Oh, finally. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, sorry um, we didn't get you up earlier. We just we got a lot of people trying to try, just feel you know in the future. Feel free to just you know jump out. There. Oh no, I, yeah, I was yeah. having mic trouble with Vandium. Um, okay, but I finally figured it out. Yeah, I had a couple of quick topic topics. Um, I don't know how familiar everyone in the audience might be with Tom Woods uh, of the Tom Woods Show podcast, but he's basically probably the second most important living libertarian in America. Um, sort of the godfather of the – what's that? After Ron Paul. I guess you're saying Ron Paul and then <laughs> Tom Woods? Yeah, he's kind of like the uh, godfather of the Mises Caucus and a couple of other really well-known voices in the, the space like uh, Dave Smith and um, – I spoke well, to him anyway. about Monero at a, at a Porkfest conference, but go ahead. Let, let, I want to hear what you have to say. I mean, well, that's he had assuming a... that, uh, that what's his name, uh, John uh, McAfee is actually dead. Otherwise, he's third. Mm-hmm. But... <laughs> well, a couple of episodes ago, he had on a guest named uh, John Bush, um, or Dave Bush, and uh, he went on a uh, kind of, five minutes soliloquy twice during the podcast about how great Monero was specifically. So it was the first time I actually heard anyone expose his audience to that. I believe Um, it's been mentioned in passing a couple times, but he went into some fairly, he went into some depth on it. It was pretty cool to hear. What was Tom um, Woods' response? Because when I tried talking to him at Porkfest, I was like, "Hey, you mind if I interview about Monero?" He's like, "He's like, he's like, honestly, I just don't have anything to say about it." Like, he was just like, you know, obviously he's got his viewpoints on on sound money and and gold, but he just felt like he just didn't have anything to to say about Monero. Has that since changed? Do you think? 
Uh, he didn't seem to have a whole lot of response to it. He, he's just a boomer. He's barely got a grasp on, I think, Bitcoin. And that's mm-hmm. sort of where a lot of people are pressuring, are, are targeting those uh, kind of uh, influencers in the libertarian space. Pretty mm-hmm. hardcore. Mm-hmm. But um, he didn't have a lot to say about it. Um, but the, the guy circled back to it. His guest circled back to it a second time or and second or third time and kept pressing the point, which I thought was really great to hear. That's awesome. Um, what was that guy's name? The guy, the guest. Uh, his last name is Bush. It's either John or Dave Bush. Um, okay. He's like this op, live off the grid kind of guru. That John Bush. So um, he's been a kind of recurring guest for a decade. I Sounds think. like we got to get him on. Uh, get him on this show or Monero Talk. John Bush. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing was, uh, I had a question for maybe some of the people with the devs dev experience. So I learned kind of lurking in the Havino Dex uh, Matrix channel that they are planning. They're they're essentially the biggest hangup for launching it now is kind of fig- iron out the kinks on the governance. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about how um, Bisc makes about fifty thousand dollars a month, um, and the DAO. I think the DAO kind of figures out what to do with that. They were talking about using the uh, the price, the profit from Havino trading to basically be a steady source of funding for uh, the CC. Yeah, for development on Monero um, and other kind of Monero-related projects. My question was, if anyone knows, instead of a DAO, could it be made so that bounties are rewarded and set up by making it possible for people to vote where one CPU equals one vote, which... Is kind of tricky, but my my question is: Can you make one CPU one vote by tying it to uh, every single somehow tying it to every single CPU that's mining on peer to pool gets a vote on the Havino um, where to put where where to allocate the uh, the bounties for development? Would it be possible to somehow tie those two things together? Because that would be a basically self sustaining ecosystem that couldn't be monkeyed with too badly. I know there's peer-to-pool whales who could sort of uh, maybe manipulate the where the bounties are going towards what developing what projects and what direction they take development. But I think it would be great to get the politics out, which uh, seems to be a chronic problem with the CCS um, and other funding mechanisms now, and just sort of cut out that uh, per, that human element <laughs> that uh, seems to be a point of contention and make it truly but- decentralized, where any uh, dev could anonymously contribute code and get rewarded it's an interesting concept um i mean so you you know it's 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 one cpu one vote not one person one vote right um so i mean obviously those who who have the most hash power even on p2 pool are then are are having the most influence does that lead to the best outcome um can i I just point out that in bodies twitter spaces I missed like 90% of it. I came down from the mountains and found out it was happening. And I just about like had a, a breakdown that I missed so much. But at the end of it, Luke Parker spoke up. Mm. And by the way, Doug, personally, I think you really need to bring him back on because the guy oh, is yeah, on fire sure. and he's got a million ideas since the last time he had like a truly public platform. 
I would be. I, I don't. I don't want to waste. I don't want to waste his time. Like, yeah. No. Luke knows he's he's always welcome to come on this show. But yeah. The, for sure. But the thing is, is like some of his insights needs to be heard by other people, not only in the developer space, but what mm-hmm. Drunk Dialme was just saying ties in to something that he said at the end of the show. And I, you know, I'm very convicted by it because you know how hard I try to support this community where I can. Go ahead, Nazar. Wait, 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 hold on, though. But what oh, did he say? Oh, no. He, uh, yeah. Oh, it was uh, a wave goodbye. Okay. It was yeah, a wave goodbye. So, but, but the thing is, the, for those of you who did no, what, what, hear, what did Luke say? Yeah. What did Luke say? He said, you know, I realized I, was... I have a huge bias. This is uh, to quote Luke as best as I can. And I'm sorry I'm not Luke, but I'll try my best. Right. He said, I realize I have a tremendous bias because I stand to gain so much from oh, saying yeah, yeah. this. About but the dev. Uh, okay. the, the, the amount that devs stand to make from working on Monero projects is pittance compared to places that they can go. Right. For for people who are, you know, open economic enthusiasts and, you know, we resent the idea of like like going outside of market forces. They're just underpaid. Right. Like they're they're And you probably don't have to match the market rate because like there's a reason why the dev community in Monero is still thriving, even though they make like next to nothing is because they believe in it. But we got to put our money where our, mouth, where our mouth is. Now, I have two things to, to add to that, right? We should, it's, what Drunk Dial Me is saying is true. We should try to find any kind of cool methodology to have decentralized. But, but the reality is, is we're trying to automate the hammer when you can just use a hammer to pound the nail, right? Um, it, so for one, we already have, yes, we have Magic Monero Fund, which is great. We had the CCS thing, which we've all seen the ups and downs of that roller coaster. But we can use things that exist now and just ramp it up a lot. So, um, and I've brought this up before. A while back, I started Get Graphene OS. And the idea was, you know, boomers that want secure devices and are sick of Facebook spying on them and undeletable apps and all of that, we try to get them graphene phones we we run the smallest markup possible 25 percent of the profits always goes to software development and that's the end of it and it's supposed to go hand in hand and i put it on hold because i'm trying to also build other things like companies that uh that that their taxable deductions are just directly donated to things like magic monero fund right um and I put it on hold, but I'm actually supposed to have a meeting with some Google people about sourcing phones directly from their manufacturers and so on. Um, but the thing is, is you start a company, you put your money where your mouth is, and you you pay the developers. We need businessmen interested in paying the developers. And any businessman, I am one, Monero sells itself, people. Any businessman that learns about what Monero can do is going to go all in on everything that they can do to make it happen, okay? The the marketing for Monero in the world of business is already done, okay? But then beyond that, um, I floated the idea a while back. I found some people with the expertise who were even willing to volunteer their time to make it happen. And it remains at a standstill, but they'll be around when the time is right. You start two or three different charity-based institutions, okay? And my first three were, 
first you have a a, a non-biased individual who not only stands to gain nothing from where the money is donated, but in fact cannot take any money from where it's donated. And there's a lot of ways that you can do that. Um, and I'll, I'll go into it if anybody ever wants to talk about it. The second thing is you uh, like a charity based organization that's religious in nature. Okay. Uh, I mean, a good example, anybody who knows me knows that I'm a pretty hardcore Christian zealot, like crusader style fucking uh, like you know, a church organization, or maybe like a, a, like a group of Bible studies or whatever that they run the charity. And then the third one would be proven developers sit on the board of a third charity. And you want to have more than one because they're all going to have different ideas of where money is best spent. But instead of a whole bunch of people trying to back projects, and I love what Kuno does and all of that, and it's great for small projects, but really, really big initiatives need really, really big pools of money. And it, and it needs to be diversified funding. Like it, you need a charity that has assets, that has stocks, that has all kinds of different ways that they're getting their money, aggregating their money, multiple pools of liquidity, multiple currency denominations, the way that any other big business model would run. And those people need to be auditing and, you know, having like, if you meet this level of development, you're going to get this much money. If you meet this level of development, you're going to get this much money. But simultaneously funding auditing firms with like, if you want this funding, you have to audit these programs impartially. Right. Hmm. And so the, so the two are tied together. You have to have both your auditors being funded on the condition that they audit the programs that you're funding. And then you have the programs that you're funding making milestones and then each milestone being audited. And the thing, the reason why I said Luke needs to like be on is because he has so much firsthand knowledge on that. And he's even trying to solve the problem. You know, a man with his developer credentials is trying to work on the financing side because he knows that that's the other big hole. It's the lack of talent and it's the 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 absolute clusterfuck of financing for open source software projects. It is a mess and it makes us look bad because we're supposed to be Austrian economics people and we're not living it at all. <laughs> Very, very good points. Very good points. Uh, I'd like to hear somebody else chime in though on, on what drunk dial me is, is proposing. I think it's interesting. Uh, let's, let's go to Serge though, hear what he has to say and maybe he can comment on that as well. Oh, <laughs> sorry to throw mm-hmm. you in there, Serge. I see, see you, see you chilling over here. What's going on, man? Oh, uh, not much. You can hear me guys, right? So yes, I'm not muted. we got you. Okay. Oh, perfect. Yeah, no, I'm just actually was uh, I was just curious what's uh, what's up with the, this year Monerotopia. I mean, uh, you have any plans? Uh, I mean, for any city location uh, where we're yeah, where cu- we're current current clan- plan is uh, Buenos Aires, 2024. So in in November, basically the first weekend in November. Um, I it was December. Nope, nope. It's been moved because La Bitconf moved their conference. Uh, originally, they had told us uh, December, uh, so we haven't officially announced yet, but it's likely going to take place on November first, second, and third in Buenos Aires. Uh, we okay, have. A... Gonna... Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I thought I thought I'm going to invite me late to talk. What's that? Am I going to invite you to talk? 
Millay. No, no, Millay. Millay. Oh, oh, I think someone's going to invite you to talk. I was like, yeah, I don't know. Tell me what you want to talk about. Um, yeah, with, of course we're going to invite Millay. Uh, if we get him to show up, that's another thing. But we'll be, we'll be right in the city. We'll be right in the, in the, in the city center. So, uh, we'll be certainly be accessible if he's, if he's around town. We'll see what we could do building up to the conference to get him to join. And then, so the other thing with Monerotopia that we're adding is the, the Copa Monero thing. I, I spoke about it once or twice, but we're actually moving forward with that. Copa Monero is going to be a football soccer tournament um, that's taking place in Argentina, in Iberete, a.k.a. Monero Town, the small town that Monero has uh, organically blossomed in. And we're having Alessandro run that. And there's going to be 12 local teams that are going to be competing for a Monero Cup and a Monero Prize, the Copa Monero. Uh, and so that's going to be, we're going to have, that's going to take place like six months building up to Monero Topia. And we'll live stream all the games. There's going to be like probably like 15 games played by 12 different teams. So it should be cool. It should be fun. I'm sure people might, you know, might gamble on these games on the side. Has that obviously has nothing to do with us, but they might might be some gambling going on with Monero, um, and that's going to build up to the conference. And we're going to get sponsors that the, all the everybody that sponsors Monero Topia will be given a a team that they'll be sponsoring as well. So that should be cool. Um, and then, like we did last year, a very big part of the conference is about actually using Monero. Um, uh, and so growing adoption. And so we're going to have a marketplace there. So we're going to be set up next to a marketplace that we're going to get to adopt a Monero. And hopefully we're going to do a better job this year at ramping that marketplace up all the vendors so that they're ready to go during the conference. And you'll be able to use your Monero throughout the conference for shopping at the, at the marketplace. That is yeah. the current, yeah. current vision of Monero Topia 2024. Go ahead, drunk Donnelly. So, um, I'm going to push back just a little bit. Everything, um, the last was saying is good. That's a healthy ecosystem. Um, but I, I don't really see a problem with automating the, the hammer. If there is a platform or platforms that be integrated in, that can be integrated together, that would accomplish some sort of marketplace for, um, bounty rewards, um, that's voted on by members who are actually supporting the most important elements of Monero itself, like if the incentive to join, if one of the incentives for supporting peer-to-peer pool is that you get to vote on dev funding um, and create like a sort of ranked um, market on which bounties are getting funded by having to run a node for Havino and run a part a, a CPU with peer-to-pool. Um, it seems like all the incentives might be aligned there. My, my question didn't really get answered though. Does anyone know if that, w- if it would be possible to identify individual CPUs in peer to pool to give them some sort of voter ID, so to speak, um, an, an, an anonymous voter ID? Yeah, uh, go you ahead. Could, you could use the wallet address. If there's a wallet that shows up on the chain, you could use that same address by proving using a, using spending out of that wallet. Okay. So if, if or can, can, doing, can't you just use P2 pool itself? Like, cause it, it's well, everybody I mean, sharing it in the hash bar. Though? We could call it the Doug system. Where every time you try to vote on the show, we spend out of a wallet. Right. And it's, it, we'll call it, we'll tug, we'll call it the Doug voting method, but it's, it would be so easy to code if it's just, if the address that's spent out of matches the address of the wallet somehow. Um, that that 
because that because you could just write some kind of algorithm that compares one to one. So if the, 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 que- now... the question should be asked to uh, Sir Sir Chen- the Chenik, what's his name? Um, the guy who created P two Pool, he could probably answer that for you. I think I think it's I think it's a it sounds like a good idea in my mind. But like so, so but the question is like theoretically, if this can be done, is is it a good? Do you guys think it's it's the right way to go? Is it is it a good thing? Versus uh, people kind of being more political about it, trying to convince each other and talk about things as opposed to it being based on the hash power on P2 pool, the amount of power your hash power you're contributing becomes your vote. On, well, on I don't know about that. I don't know about that, Doug, but for example, I mine uh, uh, to the Portuguese mining pool. And uh, for example, I use XM rig mm-hmm. and there is a dev tax if you don't compile it from source. And I always put it at zero, so I don't, um, yeah, so I don't uh, pay to XM rig. I'm guilty there. Yeah, lots of, lots of people are like me, I guess. Um, but um, I mean, it's it's um, it's about good practices, right? Um, in open source, it's difficult to make that bound to the Austrian economic side of things, like to being rewarded for your work. Because there is no reference. Um, I mean, there should be good practices in. Um, I don't know about P two pool, but um, for other pools that are centralized, that they say, okay, uh, if you want to mine with us, we have a, we send to the CCS fund or the Magic Monero fund this amount. And I guess there are lots of uh, miners like me that uh, don't care about the profits and just mine the crap out of it and. That could be a good source of income for the devs. Well, it, th- this idea addresses two of my major concerns. Um, I think Monero should start kind of edging towards uh, ossifying slowly, um, not at least being resistant to uh, a small team having a- uh, undue influence or outsized influence. And my other concern is so. So basically, what I'm saying is this would add more incentive towards adopting peer to pool. I would like to see see peer to pool have 20, 30% market share because I don't have any evidence that the two major uh, pools out there, they're non peer to pool, uh, P to pool aren't colluded and actually owned by the same groups. So I would like to see peer to pool have more than five or 8% market share like it has now. My other concern is I'm always on the I'm always vigilant and looking out for a, like a hawk for any kind of block stream type core team of anyone coming together and kind of leading Monero around by the nose. I think right now there is probably too few people involved um, in development or having too much decision power on funds. So that's what I, that's kind of what I'm saying is if we could, if BISC has a $50,000 a month revenue stream coming in through that's managed by the Dow. I think we can probably easily imagine Havino being far more successful than that. That's a consistent revenue stream and support for devs. And uh, while I think devs are basically, you can almost think of Monero as an IPO <laughs> where you're getting in at the ground floor. And if, if you add some, add, add some value to the development of the project, you're basically, there's a decent chance that the project is going to gain a lot of value later. Not that, that not just- anyone should be, why not just send it to the uh, the general fund? Well, how are those decisions made? Is there like a group, like a committee? I, I'm, I'm talking about setting up a market. 
He's, ta- he's talking about building building governance into it. So it's you know it's it's a, a consistent supply uh, to fill the treasury, right? And yeah, then having not, having a exactly. voting base, a governance base for people to vote on how the treasury is then used and trying to do it in the most. Wait, can I? Uh, hello, hello, Alaska. Can you can you guys hear me? Yeah. Oh, no. okay. Yes, All we right. can hear you. Yeah, so he's just talking about use, using gov- a governance structure to vote how this treasury is going to be used. And, and so is the development team themselves. Like he's uh, he's piggybacking off of it, but adding the idea of the one C one vote. Like the actual Haveno dev team is also like saying this now, and that's part of how the topic got brought up. And so Drunk Dial Me is saying, how can we implement one CPU one vote? Okay, so. Um... It sounds like BISC actually has a, a fund where money goes. Why would Havino even have that? Havino should just have the buyer, the seller, and an arbitration, uh, somebody being an arbitrator, and there should be a market for that. But it sounds like Havino wouldn't have any income at all. It's just an open source project. So where's this where's this money coming from? So it, the way they, they forked BISC, if you remember... And BISC has built in that they, they're they getting a share. I think they get it through transactions, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it's part of the uh, escrow. I, I, I also never used BISC. But um, the, the reason why I was floating the idea, by the way, of using the wallet is because most of the time when you mine, no matter how many threads you use you're still sending it all to one wallet, right? Unless you were like maybe running virtual machines and using the separate virtual machines and you had like different wallets on each thread, I guess you could set it up where you have more votes, which props to you if you go that far just to get a couple extra votes because, you know, scaling that would be a nightmare. And then it would also cost you. Um, But the thing is, is if you attach it to the wallet that the mining funds are going to it still effectively makes it one cpu one vote no matter how much hash power you um and that that was why i was saying to drunk dial me that would be a really easy solution um and then he's saying well then the question is how do you attach it to -to peer-to-pool specifically well you can confirm that it's peer-to-pool that is that the wallet is on peer-to-pool with the block explorers, if I'm not mistaken, you could use the block explorer for peer to pool to confirm that that wallet is in fact mining on peer to pool. And so you could do one CPU, one vote on peer to pool as your governance model, whether or not they're using Havino, um, which is also kind of interesting. Um, but then he's asking, how do you automate it? How you code it? Well, you'd have to have a separate project that is, I guess, like a web crawler of web crawlers. So it's crawling the block explorer on peer to pool to confirm that this wallet is still a peer to pool client as of a fixed period of time, it is allowed to vote. And then spending out of that wallet would be the act of voting. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure it can be done. There's some way to do sorry, it. Too. Sorry, sorry, uh, on. did you just oh, say that an address of Monero would be seen on the blockchain? Well, I mean, it kind of already is. On P2Pool, yes. Using peer-to-pool to mine, 
right? Because you make a separate wallet for mining anyway, and then you send your currency to like the wallet that you're using if you're running a node. Uh, so it's it's there not are, like but there are no addresses in, in Monero. There are only stealth addresses. I don't uh, I don't know about P2 pool. P2Pool specifically uh, yeah. requires that you use the for address, not a um, not a sub address, and it is public. So any any address that you put onto P2Pool is public by default. And what you have to do is you get it you get inputs. Yeah, you get inputs like you get uh, you get Coinbase rewards, and then you take those Coinbase rewards when you get however many of them you want, and you transfer them to your regular Monero wallet, which is your Stealth wallet. But uh, addresses on P2 pool are public. Ah, and no, they, but not you, on the you, blockchain. Yeah, no. Last game, they I was on, saying they, on the blockchain. Yeah, they are <laughs> on the P2 pool blockchain. The, the, the main oh, okay. wallet okay. where you use peer to pool, the main wallet is where the mining profits. Uh, yeah, P2 pool, sorry. <laughs> HBS. Right. I stand corrected. H- HBS, if you want to jump up, by the way. Yeah, so what I'm suggesting is he wants to use one CPU, one vote, and he wants to encourage peer-to-pool as the default mining, and the incentive would be that you have a stake in the governance of the Havino fund, okay? And if you're using the P2Pool mining wallet address, which is, um, even when you transfer your funds out of that address, that transaction is private and the wallet that it goes to is private. So you're not actually compromising any security. As long as you're using as intended, it's fine, right? So, but what the thing is, is if you're using the P2Pool wallet as your mechanism for voting, then you could set up something similar to a, a web crawler, right? To explore the blockchain for those wallets, you could set a time horizon if it's mined within the last you know, year for X amount of hash power and you set it low so you can use you know, an Android phone for 10 hours or whatever and it gives you a vote. You could use that as your governance. And, and this is just me kind of spitballing an idea to solve what he brought up because I, I hadn't thought about it until he brought it but, up. But the question is, like, so let's assume it can be done. I, I would think it could be done. Um, is it a good idea? Is it like using, let's say, let's say Havino has this treasury that it's collecting um, over time as a percentage of the fees that they have. Uh, does it Does it make sense? to then govern it this way, basically using hash power, and that's determining, that's the vote of where the funds go. And in context of Hivino, I'd have to think about it. But the idea itself is, I think, an excellent idea. Yeah, I think it's definitely worth uh, considering. Um, Drunk Dial me, I, I like it. I would, I would keep drumming that up, talking about it, see, see where it goes. Maybe maybe some some iteration of that happens. So, yep. <laughs> slave blocker, do you have a reason to believe that the peer to pool public address or P to pool? Sorry, bro. <laughs> uh, the the public address for the mining part of P to pool is like compromising security because it's my understanding that it is a public address. But no, it's not I, I'm not getting uh, at all. Uh, I always mind to uh, centralize the mining pool. I don't know what what is this all about. So you want to fund devs, right? You want to give devs money. That's that's what it's all about, right? Just to back it up, he's talking about Havino. 
yeah the funding that is generated out of the project this the core team is asking about governance for that funding model how is it governed in order to do both security and not compromise the integrity of the project as it moves forward and drunk dial me's idea was to try to incorporate the satoshi one cpu one vote and one of the problems with one cpu one vote that bitcoin ran into with asics is with the hash power that's available some people have like a hundred trillion times the voting power of a guy running a cpu in bitcoin right but what i'm saying is you would be able in theory if you use the p to pool public wallet that you're using for mining on p to pool which that's what he was hoping for is whatever the one cpu one vote is so so yeah. you use the hash rate for for not well you are mining to p to pool and you, you use the rate, the, the hash rate of the an wallet. address you use the hash rate of a public address to determine the amount of votes you have in the system no or whatever that is hash rate. not the hash rate just the fact that this wallet is being used on peer to pool for at least a certain amount of hash rate so people can't just make like 10 million wallets right if there is a public p to pool wallet and it is mining for a given period of time then that wallet gets a vote and what you've done is you remove the hash power from the equation other than it has to meet a certain threshold and that would give you a vote but it also prevents people with a huge amount of hash power from getting an excessive number of votes that's but what drunk dial me is trying to figure out if i'm not mistaken and he can correct me if i'm wrong is how do we how do we incentivize p to pool mining to distribute um the, to distribute the hash power by giving cpus using p to pool a vote with that uh with that fund that's that's what he's trying to figure out am i right about that drunk dial me yeah so the <clears throat> you would also have one cpu one vote would also help you prioritize which projects funding goes to first so the the one of the threats i see in that model kind of poking holes in my own like question here is someone could try to hijack the votes to basically launder money into some bullcrap development bounties. Like they could post the bounty, vote it up, and then just cash it out if it's automated. So that's one kind of threat, I think, uh, in, in this model. But I think the, there's the something there. The, 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 the last objective is to fund the devs in the sense of Avino, right? In this case. So BISC has about $50,000 revenue a month. And I think we can all agree but that Havina will whom? reach that. For, for whom is that money in BISC's case? As far as I understand it, uh, the BISC DAO allocates those funds towards some sort of development. I don't know what they do with the funds. I don't really care about Bitcoin or BISC. Um, but I, my understanding is Havino will have a very similar revenue model. So I think if it's comparable, let's just, let's just say... No, but my much. point is to pay the Havino devs. So you could do that if you, uh, well, first you would have to mine it. If there is cash, then you could do your voting system through these addresses. I don't know if that's possible. And furthermore, just one CPU, one vote will not uh, technically work because you would just give uh, 10, like you have 20 cores, you would put simulate that you are like with one CPU, physical CPU, you would have five uh, 
like threads or you you know it's not the one to one comparison it's not in 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 physical terms so well i brought that up but here's the thing the 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 cheesing the voting system doesn't scale well like yeah you could run virtual machines and have like five different you know things on one processor mining but you're still going to be capped out by number one, like setting up each virtual machine, setting up each wallet to mine and then doing it on like a thread ripper. And all. I, it's the thing is, is, is it perfect? No, but it certainly doesn't scale well. So you might have a couple of guys with 14 votes or 26 votes or whatever. But at least what I'm proposing here has like a pretty low ceiling. And then the other thing is, that's people putting in a lot of work to try to get a few more votes, right? Like they're really going balls out trying to get those extra votes. It's an interesting idea. Uh, I think it's w- worth exploring. Drunk dial me. I, I'd, I'd keep talking about it in the forum, see, see what people say. Um, any any other topics you guys want to talk about before we close it out? Nope, I'm good. Cypher Bliss? I see, yep. I see. I think you're just unmuted. You, you got something? Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, cool, cool. Um, I'll ask Anon. You you asked me uh, last time if I had a had a Matrix account, and uh, I didn't. Um, I've been working more on the Monero resource list, and I thought maybe I would get some some kind of social media and uh, and try to share that. But I just wanted to know question for everyone really. Um, considering free and open source software, decentralization, privacy. All that. What are your favorite um, favorite platforms? I've looked into Matrix, Mastodon, and uh, Noster or Noster. Those are kind of the the three I'm left with after like Facebook. No, Instagram. No, uh, I don't want to get on X. But um, what are your thoughts? What it would like for for sharing information and. And, the answer uh, is all of them. Well, wh- yeah. well which which kinds? Uh, you're talking about both social media and well, chat, like messaging ex- exclusively. Um, exclude signal and and session, but like uh, for because I share the the Monero resource list, and I've been working more on it. I can share that if people want uh, on screen, but um, like somewhere to to sh- share something like that for for people to get into Monero to to learn about it post maybe engage like with the with the monero crowd but not unfortunately most of the monero crowd is on x slash twitter um that's where most people are and that's where most people are generally talking um i'm sure there's other places you can find um but like uh, another platform i would recommend highly recommend which honestly it's the best chat slash messaging application that exists today is simple x um, it's a technological feat compared to pretty much anything else. And there are some Monero groups. There is a Monero chat group in there. Um, that's somewhat active. Uh, and then there's also a cake wallet one. So that is an option. And SimpleX is free and open source. Um, and it's, it's, it works a bit differently than session and matrix and all those. It's, I would say mo- has, most people, most people are on matrix right now though. Right? Yeah. Matrix is hot. Of- uh, yeah. we get, there's a lot of Monero channels on Matrix, so if you're already on there, then you can join. And then, so, so, but, but from like a privacy tech whatever standpoint, like what's what's wrong? Why is Matrix not good enough? Why are we now moving to yet another one? Like that, that's the problem the too. It's like there's okay. never yeah. there's never cohesion yeah, yeah, yeah. around okay. where we are. Like, oh, yeah. that place isn't cool anymore. Now we're over here. It's like, all right, I'll go over there. Oh no, okay. no, 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 we're over here. Here's the thing with Matrix <laughs> is that it's got. So if you're 
messaging people privately. It's got the encryption, but Matrix has terrible issues with metadata and basically any server operator, any home server operator can see who you're communicating with, right? So another, it's not good. But if it's a public another, forum, it doesn't really... Sorry. Another, ahead, issue, another issue with Matrix is simply you, user design, like UX and UI, because key management is a pain in the ass. Like what happens is you end up like you you have Matrix, right? And then you need to switch devices. So you, you back up your keys and you go to restore on another device and your messages don't all come across all the time. A lot of times you'll get these little things that say uh, could not decrypt or whatever because you lost a key somewhere. So key management in Matrix is really, really hard for the average person. Even I can't get it fully figured out, and I'm a pretty technical person. Does that mean that you get different keys for, for every session? So for yeah, what chat, happens is it, it, ro it rotates keys, and so you'll back up your keys, and then stuff will get lost in translation. Like in, in the move, stuff will get lost. Like uh, Kind of like moving houses, and you lose that towel you like so much, or whatever. He's like, don't know where it went. I know I packed it. It's some, It's got to be somewhere, but I have no clue where the heck it went. That kind of. I haven't thing. had quite as much issue. Um, I don't know if you're ex exporting the E2E room keys, but personally, I haven't had a huge issue with just restoring my. Um, I think it was my, my yeah, key phrase. I export. I export the E2E room keys, and I export the the wall, like the uh, the matrix, the main key or whatever, like the session key that you have to the session ID key that you have to do to verify your sessions. I exported mm -hmm. that and I exported the E2E room keys. And then when I go to import things, I just get chats full of uh, waiting to decrypt, waiting to decrypt, waiting to decrypt. And it can't ever do it because it can't get, it doesn't get the right keys. It's a And pain. also your experience I know depends on the home server. So uh, that's I would like thing. To, to ask something to ask Anon because last time when we talked, um, I had the impression that he has an opinion uh, which differs from mine, which is the following. Imagine there are 10 Monero coins. Monero 1 until 10. Monero 1, Monero 2, Monero 3. They're all our normal chains like we have now. And um, they all have 2.2 giga hashes of proof of work. And my question is, what is more censorship resistant? One, Just one coin with uh, 20 giga hashes or um, 10 different coins each one with uh, two giga hashes uh that depends i would say that depends on your um on what you're looking for because the the tw the 10 of them have different dev teams and stuff like that so no no i'm i'm talking about the the state against uh, state censorship and uh, against the 51% attack from the state that's my question. What is more resilient? Is it 10 coins all with two giga hashes or is it one coin with 20? I think that security is found in block height and time lock on that one. No, no. well, I, I, I was under the opinion, uh, the impression that you were talking last time that if we have lots of different implementations of different coins that provide privacy and so forth, that we somehow, if we distribute the the risk we are more safe but i'm of a other uh, opinion well okay so there's, it, the yeah. thing is is they're kind of two different questions i mean obviously more hash power you know and then obviously like consolidating into one chain 
has a lot of value, okay? But when it comes to defending against a 51% attack from a state actor, I mean, it, it's pretty easy to tell which one is. But I would also point out that um, there, there's a different form of security from a 51% attacker being in more than one chain, uh, having more than one option. Um, I because then you have to attack each individual one, I guess. I Is think that... um, I think something was lost in translation. What uh, what that was discussing was different clients. So like Monero D written in C and Monero Monero written in Rust. No, Monero no, written... it was talking about different coins, different coins okay. that uh, all have different uh, like different blockchains, each one with its own, right? And um, because the the cost of attacking, you know. Well, it it's goes the same. It's the same when 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 one, someone wants that. to buy a shit coin, right? And he thinks, "Well, I'm the only one." But a person should always think, uh, "How many people are are there like me?" Uh, a person that enters the cryptocurrency stage perhaps thinks, "Hey, I'm gonna buy this coin. I'm gonna make lots of money out of it." But it's uh, an introspection, like, "Okay, um, how many people are there like me?" So. If there are lots of, then uh, probably he will not make uh, so much money buying that coin. And the same goes against with a, a state attacker. If if it's easier for the state, and I am speaking also about that thing of the directed acyclic graphs or whatever it is, if it is easy for us to run the chain, then it is easy for the state to attack it. That is my point. I think I wanted. Well, I, I, I do agree with you, um, but I'm also looking at uh, when I bring that, in fact, it actually ties into my answer to Cypher's question about like which uh, form of communication should a person use and where are we all on and whatever. Um, in my opinion, the, like your first and primary means of connecting with people and sharing your resources should be the old school peer-to-peer, -peer, which is go meet people in person and do things together, right? <laughs> like, and, and that's one of the reasons why I'm just like so enthusiastic about the Monerotopia thing, because you don't just meet about Monero, you make friends and you build relationships that will outlive a 51% attack on Monero, right? Because <laughs> it's like, well, I'll still trade you eggs for salt or whatever, right? Like, um, it, it, the, these technologies are a mean to, means to an end. But the thing is, is when you're talking about how easy attacking a chain is for a state attacker, it's definitely an arms race, right? And, and it's definitely, uh, but the, the answer to how to solve the 51% attack is to undermine the infinite resources created by fiat Fed notes. Because the reason they can buy an endless supply of CPUs and direct them at one chain all at once is because we will still sell them those CPUs for their dirty fiat, right? Like, it's, it's, it's very much a chicken and the egg argument. And a lot of people, they get stuck on, and I get it, because it seems impossible, except for the fact that historically speaking, it's not only not impossible, but our victory is almost guaranteed, Right. If we undermine the infinite power of the printing press to buy CPUs, if we beat the printing press itself, then the 51% attack 
it's I mean, we're if we were to just be honest and say we're talking about government actors and nobody else, right? Nobody else is gonna buy that hash power except one or more state actors who have infinite money to buy infinite CPUs and run infinite amounts of electricity because they control the money supply. But Monero itself seeks to undermine the, the, the fact that they have the money supply. And so if you can get Monero to be the medium of exchange, mm, that is it. It doesn't that matter. Is... No, but but I, I don't, this is not directly correlated. Uh, and I wanted to perhaps make another point that I think Shortwave Surfer was making the last time. I don't know if it was an introductory sentence to what Ramsey had to say about his talk dot online. Um, but the argument that Monero, I don't know how he said it, if it's the Monero ideals or the, the um, that we are against an empire. An empire has nothing to do with the best form of money there will ever exist. Like there will still be kings of kings and Cleopatras and, you know, and so that I, I don't think that has much reference. Well, you also have to ask yourself what fuels the empire. Okay, so, you know, Cleopatra had somewhat of a cult of personality going on, um, and that's how she gained her respect. Her opposition at the time uh, had the force of, you know, their their version of the gun, right? They had the swords, um, and she had a food supply, and they wanted it, right? So one party had food another party had swords one party had a cult of personality the other one had a diffused government of political infighting um what weapons are being used is independent of the existence of the empire right so monero is battling an empire right now because monero seeks to be the currency and the empire has the currency right but that doesn't mean that the future empire is the target of Monero, if that if that checks out. So in other words, yeah, yeah, I got if you. Monero was successful, it doesn't mean that there would not be another empire. It just means that it wouldn't be a fiatized banking empire. It would probably, I mean, I lean towards the idea that the next empire, um, it's going to be the pool of intellectual talent. Right, it can be a net a network state. No, I mean yeah, I kind of like be that a network state, and it will be yeah. the people who have both the brains and the data. Whoever mm-hmm. has the data and the brains to use the data is going to be the next empire, right? Which is one of, and I know I'm not alone on this because I think that's the reason why the current empire seeks to have the AI, right? Because they want the the algorithm that has both the the best math and the best pool of data. And that's why the infighting within the technocracy is over who has the best algorithm and the best data, because they're already moving in that direction. Um, Because no matter what, the fiatized world is already on its last legs. And that's also why, to your point earlier, the 51% attack is a huge threat now, but it will not be for long. Because people aren't going to sell their CPUs for dollars the way that they do now. Um, they're going to want to keep the CPUs because that will be the money, right? It's because the currency of the future is data. Um, perhaps on the the SplinterNet thing that uh, we mentioned earlier, is that um, so I imagine that every continent will have its own internet. 
And I think in that case, the most resilient form of Monero will be like uh, per continent, one Monero, you know, if that's the only way that uh, if there is a firewall across continents, then uh, you know what I mean. Then you get a radio transmitter and you transmit your uh, Monero transactions over shortwave to the next continent where it's then deposited into a wallet. Yeah, well, someone installs receivers on every continent. No firewall is impenetrable if it also tries to get data on the other side of the firewall. So, I mean, we we, we see people in North Korea using using Bitcoin and and Monero, right? So it's like it's already failing in, in, in that regard. Yeah, like the the problem with the the splinter. Yeah, but running nodes. I mean, mass adoption. That's different. Well, the the problem with the splinter net model that the powers that be seem to be seeking out is they also want a way out for them, right? <laughs> so, like someone somewhere has the keys to that door, and that's not going to change. And we've seen it over and over again. Like, I don't know if you remember uh, the lithography technology escaping Japan or what. Like, it doesn't matter how hard you try to keep that door closed. It's coming open. All right, guys. I think this might be a good place to end it. We're approaching four hours, which seems to be our, our kind of average show these days. Uh, we had well over 100 users today. I think we had like 107 or maybe maybe more at one point, live viewers. And we, we never really dropped below 60 live viewers. We're at 59 live viewers right now. I can't believe uh, y'all are still watching. What are y'all doing? I and I can't believe there's still four like yeah, six, 60 people watching this live still four hours in. Uh, I can only imagine how many people that I actually, I guess a lot of people come and go, right? So who knows? Um, please like and share, guys. Uh, help grow this show. We do these shows every weekend, Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern. And uh, anybody can participate. You could be a special guest. You could reach out to us. Uh, Monerotopia at protonmail.com if you want to present some Monero-related project you're working on or you want to come talk about some topic that you're passionate about that ties into free speech money, please reach out to us. We'll make you our special guests. We're always looking for new people. Or you can just jump on at the end of the show, and it's an open session for anybody to participate, as you've seen for the last uh, two hours over here. Uh, that's all I got, guys. Cheers. Adios. Have a good one. Thank you for joining us on this week's Monerotopia episode. We stream live shows every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern. You can find and subscribe to our show on YouTube and Odyssey, or listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter or join us in the Monerotopia Telegram group. See you all next week.